This is All-Star Superfan. You give us 120 minutes, we'll give you the world. Good evening, I'm Leslie Chalmers with Madison Carlisle. Top story Los Angeles, as dissident extremists of the Restore the Adekerverse movement have vowed to bomb a third movie studio should their demands for the completion of the Freedom Force cinematic omniverse not be met. And the maiden voyage of the Big Belly Burger space station got off to a shaky start when atmosphere controls in the spacecraft briefly failed, causing over a dozen people to lose consciousness, including an ACU executive recently signed on to the Liberty Enforcer reboot and two former U.S. presidents. I'd say whoever caused that malfunction got quite a grilling. We'll be back in a moment. Oh, man, why won't they make a sequel to Imperial Man 5? I want another season of the new adventures of Marsad Mike. It was just getting good. Are you fed up feeling like you'll never get what you deserve? Are you tired of your favorite versions of franchise IP not being represented? Well, suffer no more, as the plug-and-hit 7000 is finally here. <laughs> We use the best top quality nostalgia recognition software to give the fans what they want and play the hits you deserve directly into your brain. Available now with just 50 easy payments of $79.99 a month. And remember, what you know is what you want and what you want is what you deserve. I'd buy that for a dollar. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the All-Star Superfan Podcast, the future of Superman podcasting, bringing you top quality content from a lifetime of on-the-street fandom. I'm one of your hosts, Rob O'Connor, and to ring in the new year, we're taking a brief break from the Man of Steel to throw the ball around one of our other favourite franchises, Robocop. If this is your first time listening, good podcasting is where you find it, as we cover any and all things related to the 85-year legacy of The Man of Steel, with occasional looks at other superheroes and franchises near and dear to our heart. Check out our previous episodes where we talk to top comic creators, discuss legendary movies and TV episodes, and of course, comics. Please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Blue Sky at All Star Superfan. Follow us on Twitter at All Star Superpod and send us your prime directives to allstarsuperpod at gmail.com. And remember, we care. Happy New Year, gentlemen. Happy New Year, 2024. We're here. We did it. We made it. <laughs> we made it. Alan, for the first time ever, you are recording in your brand new house. Yeah, I'm in the I'm in the new man cave, which is it consists of a lot of boxes full of crap all over the floor. Uh, you can't see it here, but they're they're there. Um, as I rummage through and decide what's being kept and what's going and what's been sold and what's been donated. But uh, yeah, yeah, it's great. Uh, finally, after all the talk about it, I'm finally in Smallville House. <laughs> and keeping it on theme to the show, I can see a framed Superman two poster in the background. Oh yeah, I don't want to knock anything over. I've got uh, I've got Superman the movie super over this side behind some boxes. I've got Superman two, yeah. um, I've got Superman three. Uh, I am having a little bit of difficulty finding, which I'm a little bit uh, perturbed by my uh, Supergirl poster, which I I found a few weeks ago and I sent you a picture of. Do you remember? Um, mm. And I don't know what I'm after doing with it. And my 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 Wrath of Khan signed Walter Koenig signed uh, Wrath of Khan poster. I can't find that either. Um, those are the ones I'm planning to put up here. Just the, the three Superman movies and uh, 
and well at least at the Rattacan one I, I, I'm thinking of giving the, the Supergirl one to my daughter um, so yeah it's uh, it's come together nicely it's going to be a while um, as you know Rob I was hanging a TV here during the week and I kind of dropped it <laughs> and uh, amateur so yeah so the, the, the PlayStation the gaming has been put off until I can get uh, get the new TV but hopefully it won't be too long um, so uh, any any kind of Superman related stuff on your mind at the moment before we move on to tonight's topic nothing major I um, I, I realised when I moved house that I actually have for some reason that I don't, I don't know four versions of the same quadrilogy box set you know the DVD box set Superman yeah, the movie yeah. 2, 3 and 4 I found four box sets exactly the same not like different versions or anything um, but I did I did sit down and watch all four movies over the Christmas again. Oh wow! I, yeah, I did, I did, and I, for the first time ever, I had a, I had an entire week off work, which doesn't sound like a huge amount of time, but for me, yeah. it's a huge amount of time in my job. Like to get yeah. a full week off, I finished up Christmas Eve night. And now, when you say full week, seven days or five days? Seven, seven full days. Oh baby! Um, so I I sat down and watched a couple of classic uh, films. Did the whole kind of Back to the Future, Die Hard, Lethal Weapon. Watch Superman the movie, Superman two, the theatrical cut three, which is my favorite, and uh, I even watched four, um, and yeah, I had, had a great time. I had a great time with it. But no, other than that, not, nothing, no huge developments. I don't think since we last spoke in the in the Christmas special. I don't think is there. No, just just no. just the usual kind of people moaning about James Gunn and James Gunn saying, "Yeah, everything's going to plan, everybody, <laughs> and we're going to be filming soon." So yay. I, um, well, I said the only news was non-news, wasn't it? That there won't be a trailer until 2025, which I, just, I don't think anybody was really expecting. I just wish there wouldn't be any discussion until 2025 at this point. I'm fed up hearing about it. I don't want to hear anything more about the movie until there's a trailer. And can we all just... No, he said they're going to start shooting in March, aren't they? Yeah. So we'll probably start getting pap shots of I, I did find stuff, which I try and avoid all I, that stuff. because I did find one other thing as I was unpacking my boxes, Rob. My, uh, Superman 3 novelization, baby! That yeah. Rob, Rob sent me in the post. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> a few months ago. Oh, so. Mine's down there. <laughs> we have to do an episode on that this year, Alan. And I, I know just the guy to join us for it because I was at his 50th last night and he asked me if he could come on the podcast to talk about the Superman 3 novelization. So uh, we, we'll, we'll definitely have to do that. Excellent. Um, d- d- uh, I, it wasn't William Cotswinkle, was it? Wise, it wasn't William Cotswinkle. <laughs> As I live and breathe, wouldn't that be excellent? It wasn't, unfortunately. Um, I have not really been engaging with a lot of Superman stuff of late. I, I do have a, uh, a Superman-related comic that I really want to read, which is Godzilla versus the Justice League. You're on a Godzilla. I, I, I said to myself, as I'm soon, as this, guy huge, sees, as soon yeah. as this guy sees the Godzilla movie, it's going to be Godzilla for at least two months. <laughs> I, I saw Godzilla minus one before Christmas and it blew my mind and I'm on a big Godzilla kick right now and uh, that's a comic that's out right now Godzilla versus Kong versus the Justice League so uh, me and Zach Moore are messaging each other constantly about Godzilla movies at the moment my my office is full of Godzilla toys oh my God. so I'm just really really kicked into gear on Godzilla at the moment the only thing I really but, know about Godzilla is that the Matthew Broderick 98 film is the best <laughs> <laughs> hands down hands down the best um I, what i will say is that matthew look it's obviously a, it's a bad movie right it's it's kind of fine for a bad movie like it's you know it's just not 
the Godzilla terribly movie. Godzilla like. Yeah it's, yeah, it's quite different. And it's weirdly watchable. It is weirdly watchable. Yeah, and there's a lot of sequences it is, it in it that are kind of fun and good and well done. But the script is diabolical, and some of the performances in it. Uh, poor old Maria Patillo, like beautiful actress, great presence, but just dreadful performance in that film matthew broderick i don't know what happened to him after ferris bueller but he just stopped being cool altogether well, and he, he's insufferable he, he, in that film he did kill a person up in donegal in a car accident My remember god nobody nobody seems to talk about that he, <laughs> and that seems to died. have I was, I was hesitant to bring it up so <laughs> and i think that was like the weekend after ferris bueller came out so uh, i i think that he had was a driving drunk yeah, yeah it's yeah. look it up he and and he'd never apologize. Anyway, sorry. And he still comes get, back to Donegal dark. with the wife holidaying all the time. But look. All the time? They go every year. It's so strange. I was only reading that the other day. Very strange. Um, anyway, on the subject of kind of like, you know, you mentioned it in a previous episode, Alan, that we, we kind of go through peaks and valleys with other franchises where you, you, you kind of mainline a franchise for like a month. Yeah, for me, it's like, it's very few franchises, but there, there, yeah. there are these franchises that I return to kind of on this on this periodic. circular periodic table kind of thing where I, I kind of go Star Trek, Batman, and tonight's subject is definitely one of those franchises that I, mm. I routinely return to and get obsessed with for like three months at a time. Yeah, I, absolutely. I'm the same. I, I kind of go through James Bond, Star Trek, Batman, Superman, and and then sometimes like there'll be a special guest star. Like at the moment, it's Godzilla. Sometimes <laughs> it's Power Rangers. It'll, it, you know, these kind of ones that I I might only fall into every ten years or so. And uh, you know, but yeah. So New Year, New Us. It, it's all about resurrection. It's all about uh, rebirth. So tonight, uh, totally disconnected to Superman, we are going to talk about the RoboCop franchise. The game RoboCop Rogue City came out a couple of months ago, and I absolutely loved it. I think, Alan, you really, really liked it. I really, really liked it. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That is I, we, 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 I absolutely loved it. Alan really, really liked it. Um, and I think it, it for both of us though, it, it, it kind of just reawakened our our obsession with RoboCop, and we kind of thought, why not just do an episode on it? Like, it's it's not it's nothing to do with Superman. There are some kind of idle connections you can make, and we will make those tonight, just because it's our show. But, uh, yeah, we just want to talk about RoboCop, and the voice you heard not long ago, uh, coming back to the show again, interestingly enough to talk about, uh, you know, a, 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 an, an armoured hero... Again, you were on the Steel episode before. Welcome back to the show, Mr. Stuart Moraine. I, I feel you're exploiting my fetish. <laughs> <laughs> Good evening, gents. How are you? It's great to be back. Stuart is actually wearing a very beautiful Robocop t-shirt. It's one of the few t-shirts my wife let me buy. <laughs> I, I am actually, I'm going to point my camera down. I'm wearing a QWERTY Robocop Dick Tracy mashup t-shirt. Nice. I like that. I'm wearing a cop-themed uh, hoodie. Does that count? Anyway, no, no, very no. nice, very nice. So yeah, so I suppose we'll just throw it around the table a little bit. The first RoboCop film. We'll start there. We're going to talk about the movies. We're going to talk about a couple of other things. Let's let's talk about the films. Just 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 throw it around the table first. When did you first see the first film? And give me your kind of thoughts on it. We'll start with you, Stuart. Uh, I saw it probably early to mid nineties. Um, weirdly, RoboCop 2 was the first one I saw because it was on Sky Movies and my stepdad taped it for me. So I just watched that on repeat, um, which we'll get onto that in a bit. And then, yeah, I finally caught RoboCop on ITV, I think maybe, the edited down for TV kind of job. It's, it's a goddamn masterpiece. 
there's there's very little left to say about the original robocop that hasn't already been said but i i did do an episode of our podcast on it as well a good one a good one i listened to it recently yes we have one good one <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah no i mean it's just it's one of those films it pains me that it took me so long to watch it and once i'd seen it too completely changed mm. for me i remember seeing the video at my childminder's house when i was a kid and being fascinated by the design but it just didn't really go in because it wasn't star wars or he-man so what about you alan um the the earliest memory i have of robocop is my my mom used to work in this uh, we used to live in the seaside town real seasonal kind of you know touristy town and my mom used to work in this t-shirt making shop where you'd come in you'd pick a print off a picture on the wall and she'd put it on a t-shirt and i remember seeing the robocop poster on a t-shirt and i was like that looks cool. And I remember my mother obviously had no idea what it was, presumed it was Superman the movie or Superman 2, and she rented it for me. Uh, obviously didn't check the rating or yeah. whatever, and I remember she stuck in the VHS in the TV, and it got to the scene where Ed 209 is blown away the executive in the uh, boardroom. And I, I still remember leaping over the couch to uh, try and turn <laughs> it off because obviously I was I was uh, traumatized. Um, but yeah, look... Uh, Paul Verhoeven, I, I like some uh, Paul Verhoeven movies, 1987, satire, action. It's like Stuart said, it's 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 pretty much a perfect film. Um, one of my all-time favorites up there with, like, say, non, I, I say non-superhero related. I know it is superhero adjacent. Um, yeah, I want to come back to that. It's, uh, yeah, one of my favorite films of all time. Probably one of the films that I go back to the most to rewatch again and again and again i've never gotten bored of it i'd say robocop is is yes probably my favorite one of my favorite films of all time um i think it is just an absolute masterpiece and the story behind it and how it came together and how it was made uh, i i it fascinates me to no end my first experience with robocop in the early 90s the the tv show came out mm -hmm. around 95 and I, I definitely remember seeing the videos for the, the movies in the video shop in ExtraVision and stuff like that. I remember being fascinated by the cover and thinking it was really, really cool. And I remember the toys. Like, there was Robocop toys everywhere in the early 90s. Yes. But my first experience with the franchise was the TV show, which is a family-friendly TV show. Like, it was on after Lois and Clark. I remember watching that every week, and I really, really enjoyed it. And I, I, I don't think I was ever allowed to watch the first movie, but I do remember the second movie came on TV once and my mum, for whatever reason, agreed to record that knowing it was over 18s. And within minutes, we'll get back to the second movie, but within minutes, she was like, you are not watching this. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, the first time I saw the first movie, I was probably 11 or 12 and I was really psyched to see it. And it was it was on TV and I taped it. And I just remember being really upset by it. Like I was really, and this, I, I mentioned early on, we didn't have the kind of cut down. I'm pretty sure this was like the theatrical version of Robocop that aired on, on RTE1 or whatever. And I just remember that, you know, the scene of Murphy getting shot to pieces really upset me. Like, the, you know, the, just bits of his skin flying off his head. Yeah, I remember, um, you know, Bob Morton doing cocaine really upset me because, you know, when you're a kid and you're constantly being told how bad drugs are and stuff like that, like it, it gets to the point where it can be upsetting seeing people do drugs on TV and movies. That really upset me. And just just Clarence Boddicker just being so nasty, like and, and multiple characters being really, really nasty in the movie. I, I remember wanting to watch it because it felt like a cool grown up badass movie. Mm. And I just remember coming away from it going, I never want to see that again because I'm 
a little bit traumatized by it and i was like 11 like i was old like but so that that was my experience i i i went back then a couple of years later i was kind of like i kind of want to watch that movie again and then when i watched it again i really grew to love it very very quickly and it became like one of my favorite films and we'll we'll, we'll get into why yeah um later on but uh i yeah no i i obviously that first film people are always saying well no movie is perfect well actually no there are perfect movies back <laughs> to the future you mentioned earlier on alan back to the future i think is a perfect movie yep. and i think robocop is a perfect movie i do, i do, i think there is exactly one scene in robocop that i think falls a bit flat everything else from start to finish every scene every frame yep. every line delivery Every single thing in that film is perfect. And it's, it it's so weird film. for a film with such a stupid fucking name. Um, like, I could imagine it being announced <laughs> in the 80s, in 87, and or even being, like, scripts going around going, Robocop, and people just not even reading it, just dumping it and, in the bin and, and going, what the fuck is on this? That, on that, the stupid name, right, okay? I want to go back to something you said, and I want to ask both of you about it. You mentioned that it's not really a superhero movie and it's superhero adjacent. Why is it not a superhero movie? Well, like, it, it, it hits all the beats of a superhero movie, but it's, like, you can't show it to kids, you can't, like... Watchmen, Miracle Men, yeah, but, Dark Knight Returns. But you couldn't you couldn't sit down and, like, when I when I say it's superhero adjacent, like, like, growing up in the 80s and 90s, you weren't really meant to watch Robocop. Like, it wasn't like the other movies. It was your dad's superhero movie. You know, that kind of way? Blade. Yeah, absolutely. No, like, I, I, I understand, but there was just something... It, it felt more like Terminator than Batman, you know, that kind of way. The so, Punisher. Like, as as an adult now, I, I accept that, like, it is, it follows the beats of a superhero movie. But it definitely didn't feel like that growing up. It felt like you were watching something. Because it's not, but, but there are superhero movies that aren't for kids, though. That's, that's true. But, like, back then, like, you watched, like, technically Batman 89 is not for kids. Batman Returns is yeah, definitely not ba- for kids. Batman Batman 89 is for kids. Yeah, like but, it is, you know, it like it's a dark movie, but like it, it's a four quadrant movie that, you know, was designed to sell toys. But would you Yeah, well Batman Returns was designed to sell toys as we all know with with, with the McDonald's things, but would you show Batman Returns to a 6-year-old in 2023? I, I saw I saw Batman Returns. <laughs> I saw him in the six. cinema when I was 7, so I can't see anything. Stuart Stuart give us your thoughts on this. Like is RoboCop a superhero movie? And if so, why or why or why not? It is in the same vein of like Darkman. It's yeah. not based on a comic, so there's not. I think because there's not that established thing like with Blade. There is the comics and that behind it, and all the other ones you cited. But I do see why people don't see it as a superhero movie in that way. That if it wasn't based on a comic from DC mm. or Marvel, people don't see it. It's like people don't have like History of Violence yeah. as a comic book movie. It's like it very much is Road to Perdition, for example, as well. Um, so I think people see it like that. But it is that superhero. Yeah. Christ arc story, isn't it? I always associated it more with, like, Terminator, Predator, that kind of genre of movie than, say, like, even whatever, Spawn or, you know, even the darker superhero movies I had seen at the time. Yeah. I I absolutely think it is a superhero movie. It draws, like, so many influence. Like, they literally say on the DVD, there's a clip, an archive clip of, I want to say it's Edward Neumeier on set saying... There was this guy in the 60s called Stan Lee and he wrote all these characters that were three-dimensional and they were superheroes, but they came from tragic backgrounds and then, you know, turned everything around when they got their superpowers. And, you know, and, and there's a bit where the the guy who robs the grocery store picks up a copy of Rom Space Knight, which is another influence mm-hmm. on this. Iron Man is all over the movie. 
Dark Knight Returns is obviously all over the movie. So much so that they got Frank Miller to write the two sequels. I I just think this. Well, Judge Dredd. This is yeah. the Judge yeah. Dredd. Like the, even the, down to the original the costume con- yeah. had a Judge Dredd helmet. <laughs> I I think it's it 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 is not only is it a superhero movie. I think it's the first modern superhero movie, and I struggle to think of a superhero movie that's better than RoboCop. And I I, I think when people say, oh well, it's not really a superhero movie, it's the same as when people say. Oh well, Silence of the Lambs isn't isn't a horror movie. Of course not. It's a thriller mm-hmm. because it, you you could never equate a, a horror movie to something so grand and and Oscar winning and you know that uh, horror is just a, a genre for nerds. Just like it's the same kind of snobbery around superhero movies. I, I anyway, rambling a bit here, but I I think it is a superhero movie. I think it's the first great modern superhero movie, and I think it's probably the best superhero movie ever made. I struggle to think of a better one. But uh, but it's it's an ongoing debate. Every time people talk about RoboCop, it's like, is it a superhero movie or is it is it a science fiction thriller? Yeah, it was it, definitely it's very much lumped in with those kind of science fiction movies of the time at the time. Um, and like, but like you said, and, and it is the thing with the eighties, there was a shit ton of RoboCop toys. I had them. I know you have uh, some, like, but you know, from the from the TV show especially. And um, but I even remember there was an eighties. I think it was an eighties cartoon RoboCop. Yeah, um, it was. Yeah. Which was oh, Stuart has one there. That's that's from the cartoon, isn't it? The, that's yeah, it's oh. the cap gun firing one. It was my stepbrother's. He opened it and lost the gun straight away, and he was devastated <laughs> yeah, on Christmas Day. You mentioned Day. that on your episode, and that kind of gives me a little bit of anxiety. Just that, like I, I, I just like childhood trauma of like losing an essential part of a toy straight away. It's like to, to the point where you don't even want to play with the toy anymore. It's just no. That's, I think that's how I ended up with it. He just didn't have any interest Ooh. in it. It wasn't complete. Um. Um. So, so, but, so yeah, I mean, it, it, is there anything else anyone wants to say about that first movie before we get on to the sequels? No, I, I, I think you, you, it, all the points that we've said um, are, are, are accurate. It is a, an unbelievably well-made, well-directed, well-acted. Peter Weller is absolutely superb uh, in oh, the role. Yeah. Uh, Kurtwood Smith as Clarence Boddicker, you mentioned him. Ronnie Cox as well. Another, Can you fly, Bobby? Ronnie Cox as well. Is Look superb, at my face uh, in Dick. the role as the the evil CEO. Um, I can't think of his name off the top of my head. Dick Jones. Dick Jones with the long arms. Dick Jones. Everybody's <laughs> great in that film, even when they empty out the dead yeah, copper's yeah. lot. The cop that's following yeah, him with yeah, the box. Cecil. Just a tiny little part, but he's so good, and he's great later when Robocop goes up to the database to put. Stick no, the wait, thing just in. a minute. And, and, and actually, Stuart, we'll get. We'll we're. We're, we're jumping all over the place here. In the game, Rogue City, Cecil is in the game mm-hmm. and he, he gets developed as a character. They do great stuff with Cecil in the game. And, and I think there's a lot of credit to, cool. to Paul Verhoeven. Like, we've seen it before, Rob, with films like uh, Superman 2 with Richard Lester, where you have a guy who's not American trying to make a film set in America and you can tell that his view of America is is completely off, yeah. off, off. off. Paul Verhoeven was not an American director. He was famous for making f- f- what would be to us foreign films, and his 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 depiction of say like I I, I know it's not a depiction of like, modern day Detroit or modern day Detroit police departments and that, but like his depiction of the police department in that situation in a city that was run down, like like you said, Stuart, when they go to empty that 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 dead guy's locker. Like it, it feels it's very real. Like there's no bullshit yeah. with it, and um, like even like we didn't even touch upon the satire, the satire element of the film, which you see in other Verhoeven films, like with Starship Troopers later on in 1997 and stuff. It's yeah, it's just a superb, it's a superb picture. I'm I'm with the satire 
Alan, like as as a as a policeman yourself, mm-hmm. d- do you ever think on some level that he's kind of casting a mirror on police brutality and kind of saying this is not like even though you know that the, for the most part the police in the in the film are altruistic and they're noble characters do you ever think he's kind of pointing a mirror and kind of going because you know the way in starship troopers Mm -hmm. they're 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 portrayed as the heroes but they're they're basically nazis Nazis. yeah 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 and and he's he's being really really satirical how do you where do you land on robocop in in that sense yeah i think we think he's doing that i think we've spoken about this before ourselves I, i i always saw it more as a criticism of corporate america and capitalism and and those elements which are so heavily satirized but yeah you're right there is there is an element of especially you know they bring in this 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 robot cop and he is black and white and there's there's right and there's wrong and there's no in between especially in those early scenes with him before he kind of develops as a character um yeah there's there's definitely an element to that there's definitely a critique of 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 the police but then there's also it it does actually a lot to show, and again it's it's put it's dialed up to eleven, but to show the dangers of like that like a, a, not to keep going back to it but the scene where they empty out the guy's locker, and yeah. you know the, the the brutal nature even of of Peter Weller's death of Alex Murphy's death in the film, like it doesn't it it doesn't glorify being a being a cop in any way shape or form no. No, um, no, and that's sure. something that I always, even as when I was younger, appreciated. You know, it's not a case that you know they 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 put a gun to his head and they 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 cut it and you don't see it. Like it is probably one of the most brutal deaths I've ever seen. That and it's it's yeah. never the scene where he shoots him in the head. It's the hand that always gets me. Where yeah. he, it's a it's like a video game. You know, he goes na 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 na, and then just and the hand just eviscerates. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, like, I, I always thought that yes, there, there's definitely an element of what you're saying, but I also all, always appreciated the fact that they didn't glorify it in any way, shape, form. It re, you watch that movie, you're like, who the fuck would do this job? Yeah. And yeah. Um, I, I appreciate that. I suppose. Yeah. No. I. I. And I agree with everything you said. I. I suppose. I. I. I definitely think RoboCop is one of Verhoeven's more earnest films. Like, I don't think he's making fun of his main characters the way he does in some of his other movies. Like Showgirls. Def, d- definitely Starship Troopers and Showgirls. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. And by the way, I'm one of the people who thinks Showgirls is a great film, by the way. <laughs> but, um, and I think he knew the film he was making there. And and it is very similar to Robocop in a lot of ways. But I, I think it is an earnest movie. I think he believes Alex Murphy to be the moral kind of center point of of that film but i do think there's a couple of key hints that he's kind of going you, you know like he's definitely making fun of the american obsession with violence mm-hmm. in the film the way they just sort of normalize violence throughout and just go like this is okay this is just the norm like even to the point where you know murphy watches tj laser with his son a show where we see you know a gun-toting hero shoot a villain through the stomach and kill him like something out of a spaghetti western. This is a show for children, and the kid goes, "Can you do that, Dad?" And he he sees this and thinks role models are very important to a boy. Yeah, like a a guy who shoots someone dead, and that's his like his version of a role model. Uh, to the point where he he spins his gun because he wants to be like the hero. On just TV. to clarify, like you are that's not okay. You, you, you know that kind of way. You're not allowed to spin your gun. I, I just want to put that out there. No. You're not allowed to spin it. <laughs> <laughs> like yeah and like the, the, this is this is our christ-like hero in the film yeah. and he thinks that like spinning a gun and shooting a guy in the chest is like the ultimate way to be a hero i just that that, that kind of just 
just hit me when I was watching it recently. I was like, this is kind of Verhoeven saying, what a weird topsy-turvy world we live in where we think that's like what a hero does. You know that kind I'm, of inter- that- I'm, I'm interested to know what you, you, you briefly mentioned earlier, Rob, about a scene that you oh, think yeah. is a bit flat or doesn't quite. What, what scene was that? I wonder if it's the same one as I'm thinking. <laughs> yeah, you go ahead, Stuart. What do you think? What is it? Well, for me, the bit that really sticks out that's horrible, and it's not even a scene, to be fair, it's a line delivery, is when he's having yeah. the memory of his wife. I really need to talk to you, or I really need to tell oh, you I something. I like I that bit. I like that oh. bit. It is, it's very it is soap opera, though. Yeah, no, it's it's very kind of like mum and dad kissing kind of thing. It's, it's not like a sexy moment. It's, yeah. No, it's the line delivery, though. It's the... You. Like, you know, you think they're going to have a fight and it's just it's weird. The, the, the bit, the only bit in the film that I don't like is when he brings Boddicker, he's finally arrested Boddicker after like the best scene of the whole film, the, the scene in the, in the crack factory. And he brings him back and uh, he walks into the police, of, uh, the police headquarters, whatever. Everyone turns around and he goes, book him or something. And for some reason, Sergeant Reed goes, what's the charge? It's like, we know what the charge is. They've been looking for this guy. They mentioned at the start of the movie that he's wanted. And then they do this big shot where Robocop turns around. You think he's going to say something epic. And he goes, he's a cop killer. And it just... I like that, I, I don't man. know. It, I like that scene. Just, I like that. That line plays like it's epic. That line is there to set up that line. It's one of those... It's like when you watch CSI and you've got people who do the same job explaining yeah. to each other what they're doing for the benefit of the audience. And it's purely there to build... Now, I, I, I will say the scene is absolutely saved a beat later when we get to Kurtwood Smith again. He spits blood, blood. out on the page. He goes, just give me my fucking phone call. <laughs> I love that line. That, that's, the, that's the only bit where I'm kind of like, what, what were they going for there like what is that supposed to be this big I, I obviously it worked for you guys so maybe i'm in the minority there but it just it reminds me of that bit in dark knight rises where bane goes uh you came back to die with your city <laughs> and then batman responds no i came back to stop you it's like couldn't we think of a better line there anyway it that's, is much that's worse, much worse yeah. than the robocop one i think that robocop thing is that's part of murphy's arc though isn't it it's he's a cop killer it's him yeah, but the copy killed is alex murphy right like he's arresting yeah. him for his own murder. Yeah. Um. But the, the the you mentioned where he spits the blood on the page, Rob, and the only the other scene that I love, which I I'm fair, I haven't watched. Um, and we might talk about it later that RoboDoc yet. I I have it on Blu-ray. No, neither have but I. I haven't watched it yet. <clears throat> Nor have I, because I'm a Kickstarter backer. And I've got to wait for mine. <laughs> oh, oh no, I or I am not a Kickstarter backer. 2016, mo- I backed that. <laughs> Uh, more so just because I dropped the TV and I haven't been able to hook up the DVD player. Um, but the 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 scene where he he puts his fingers in the in the guy's drink, really small thing. Oh, yeah. He's in the in the factory and they're having this kind of this uh, this uh, parley or whatever you want to call it. And it's just this brief moment where he sticks his his two fingers in the guy's drink, and it's just and sniffs it, and then the guy drinks it, it anyway. Yeah. Love that. And That feels like a Kurtwood Smith thing. Oh, man. I, I can just picture that happening on the fly and Verhoeven loving it. I love it. I got connections. I got enough firepower to shove this crack factory so far up your ass you'll shit snow for a year. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Can, can we just quickly address Dick Jones's arms as oh, well? Oh, Dick Jones's arms, baby. The Mola arms, the Play-Doh arms. Well, expl- explain what you're talking about there. Well, when he falls out of the building, it's like, it's not a great puppet. It's got ridiculously long arms. There must have been a reason, but it must have been to control the rods. He looks like like Mr. Fantastic or the Slender Man. His yeah. arms are like... Yeah, it's just such a weird thing. I know a couple of people on YouTube have gone through and like redone it and fixed it. I mean, I quite like it. It adds yeah. to the charm a bit like the 
blatant stop motion Ed Two Hundred Nine on top of live action footage. I really, my wife was watching it with me and my eldest because I introduced him to RoboCop, and he only thinks it's a four star film. But you know, kids are stupid. Kids are going <laughs> to rebel against their parents. Um, but my wife was like, "That looks shit." I was like, "It's eighty seven. It looks amazing." Shut up. Yeah. Practical yeah, effects. It, it, it I, does look like something out of a Peter Gabriel music video from 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 the eighties. But there is a charm it does, to it. Yeah. That yeah, has it a certain but, charm but you know to it what? as like, well. Compared yeah. to the 2014 movie, which has aged very, very badly already, and it, which is 10 years old now this year, mm-hmm. I, you know, that two movies, two different styles of special effects. I know which one I, I know which one is going to look great forever, and which one isn't. Yeah, you know. Yeah, Can I, I, I love all well, the, spe- it, I, and I love even the flaws in the special effects. There's a bit where you see. There's a Ed two hundred nine fires a, a rocket at Robocop and you can see a string. Fuck it, it's great. I love every every effort they made with visual effects, and this is is amazing to me. And the arms don't bother me at all. I think it's funny. It's it's a nice little thing to point out at the end of the movie. It doesn't. Oh, you know, it's, it's funny. It just really takes you out of that moment. The, the best special effect in the film is without a doubt Peter Weller himself in the suit. And uh, like I, I heard the stories that Peter Weller was meant to be an unbearable asshole throughout the entire filming of the film of of the right. movie. But he like just the the if you, if you watch the robot like it could have been so corny with his robotic movements and stuff, but it is so well done. Like he very, really, very really, really nails that performance. And I just want to say one other thing: I, a character I don't think gets enough. Everybody talks about Clarence Boddicker and Dick Jones, everybody else. Lewis is a great character. Yeah, she's great. Like we yeah. all talk about Sarah Connor and you know uh, 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 Ripley and all Ripley. these characters. Lewis is a great character, um, really strong female character. Apart yep. from Murphy, would probably still be alive if she could have kept her eyes up from looking <laughs> down at the guy's dick. Now, it's a bit like the Star Wars thing. If they'd have shot the escape pod with C three and R two D two in it, that film wouldn't have happened. If Lewis had just kept her eyes up. The, the, the issue, I, I I know it's kind of a gag. It's like she's looking at his willy or whatever. But I, I always kind of thought it was that if if she doesn't, then he could take another weapon out of there or something and, and shoot her. So she does... Anyway, look. No, I think she just <laughs> wanted to look at right. his dick. <laughs> she just wanted to see it. Um, yeah. uh, l- last thing before we move on, because I, w- I do want to get onto the sequels. Basil Poliduris's, uh Robocop score mm-hmm. is so, Amazing. so good. Like the, the, That main theme he has... I've got it on it's, vinyl it's like and it CD. reaches into your chest and you can feel your chest yeah. rise as, as that march comes on. You can feel like... All the different influences in it. You can hear a bit of spaghetti western in there. You can hear like real kind of futuristic synth, and that, just, that, that there's like this angry clanging of metal, like you're in a steelwork. Not unlike the steel uh, the theme from the steel movie we talked about. It's such a gorgeous, gorgeous piece of music, and I love it so much. And that 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 scene um, in the crack factory. The track on the soundtrack album is called Rock Shop, mm. and I genuinely, if we, if we are calling this a superhero movie, I struggle to think of kind of soundtrack uh, tracks from other superhero movies that are better than that. It's yeah. so, so good. And Drive Montage has it as well, and then the the great scene where he uh, stops the, the guy from raping the woman by shooting him in the dick. Remember that, <laughs> that time Robocop well. shot the guy in the dick? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> such a good scene quickly before yes. we move on to the sequels um that list i sent you to tie oh, yeah. it back into your podcast two names one so was so metal, sorry the list uh, you were just talking about actors that were considered or approached for the role of robocop have you seen this list alan no it was shared on the robodoc um instagram 
but on the people they met was one John, John Shea. Shea. Wow. Lex Luthor from Lois and Clark, yeah. And on the people to meet or make offers to at the very bottom was Keanu uh, was Keanu Reeves, sorry, Christopher Reeve. <laughs> Christopher Reeve, yeah. And and also Clancy Brown was on was on the two uh, C list. Oh, wow, Clancy so uh, another another Lex Luthor there. So uh, yeah, a bunch of Superman connections. And Mark Harmon, who was Superman in a uh, one of the animated movies. And on the people who passed list, we have Eric Roberts, our friend from The Dark Knight. We have uh, who else? Tom Berenger, John Voice, Tommy Lee Jones, and Powers Booth, who also wow. played Lex Luthor wow. in Brainiac Attacks, the worst animated movie ever. So yeah, I mean, personally, I I mean, I can kind of see Christopher Reeve doing it. I think he'd probably give it the same level of kind of thoroughness that that Peter Weller did. I I, I think the issue with a lot of those bigger guys was that they needed someone kind of slim and small to fit in the big costume. So that could have been an issue with him. John Shea would have been interested. I think I I think if you put Christopher Reeve, I look, I'm not a big fan of of typecasting or anything like that, but if you put Superman in the suit it takes away the human element of robocop i think um i i don't think that would have worked at all even if he gave a great performance you, oh, I think superman wearing a metal suit um I, I i don't think that would have worked no i think looking at that list there's a lot of actors on there that i really like like say william peterson from manhunter christopher reeve john shea all those ones but i think they nailed it they with yeah peter weller and i mean we'll come on to that with sequels and whatnot that came yeah afterwards. he he really is magic in this film yeah. like even in the early scenes where he where, where he's just alex murphy the cop like he's just interesting to look at like just his face you you feel like he's a veteran a veteran cop and you, you can feel his his family life like reverberating throughout the, the scenes and you know he has this kind of weird sexual tension with with lewis in those scenes but you know that he's not going to cheat on his wife and there's just a whole different layers of stuff going on in his performance he's really really good and that voice yeah is like part of what makes robocop robocop like i recently watched him in the adventures of Buckaroo uh, banzai uh, across the eight dimension which is a kind of a real cult film from the 80s that he was in i think before this uh, really really kind of out there surreal film and his charisma just permeates the screen even in, in that film like and i haven't seen him in a hell of a lot of stuff i've seen him in robocop i've seen him in that i've seen him in star trek into darkness i've seen him you know in in, in those kind of things um but yeah he he's he's one of those guys who just oozes charisma yeah he's re- he's really really good um and i w- what i love about him now is as well he hates talking about robocop mm. because it's the only thing it's the only thing anyone ever wants to talk to him about so it, he's kind of like if you want me to talk about robocop you have to pay me a bunch of money yeah <laughs> I was going to say, he doesn't hate it enough not to accept a massive wad of cash from the RoboDoc people. <laughs> Fair play to him. I, I, I love when actors are honest about these things. It's like, this was a job for me, and I had a completely different relationship to it than you have, and I don't need to love it the way you do, but I will happily take your money, I, you know, and, and he's just brutally honest about it. Oh, yeah, no, I don't blame I him. Met, I met the man. I met Peter Weller at Dublin City Comic Con two years ago, I think. And I'd say you paid him a, I did. I paid him, him a nice water cash. I paid him. I got a, a really shitty uh, uh, eight by four picture of Robocop, which he signed. But I actually had, I, 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 he's one of those guys who people, I heard people say is, is, is an asshole. Even if you do pay him, he's, he just has no interest and he doesn't like to engage or anything like that. Um, but I spoke to him for, for a solid six or seven minutes and spoke about the movie and spoke about different things. 
I found him to be very nice guy, but apparently Lovely. very, very difficult to work with uh, by all accounts. But that's fine. If, yeah. if Honestly, I, I have no issue with, as long as people aren't abusive and they're not, you know, that they're, they're not disrespectful or abusive or, you know, antagonistic in any way. By all means, if you want to just go and do your job and get paid for it, that's the, no problem. If you do, if you do your job to a high professional standard, I mean, I'm I'm a freelance producer. I don't always work on projects mm. I love, but I get paid for them, yeah. and I'm going to work really hard at them. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. I think we put this weird ex. Not excusing it, but he was also in that costume. Yeah, well, yeah, absolutely, well. yeah. Which I can't imagine would be. He was very telling good me that him. he has a PhD in Renaissance art. He's he's yes. yeah he's uh, like he's a yeah. he's a doctor like he, he's oh he's doctor Peter Weller yeah he's uh highly he is, yeah, yeah he's Dr. Peter Weller, you yeah. can tell by speaking with him that he had a, he had a he had his family with him he had his young son and his partner with him at the at the table and he was uh, yeah you you could just tell that he was a highly highly intelligent dude you could tell a mile away that he was you know. Very nice. Um, let, 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 let's move on and talk a little bit about the sequel. So R- RoboCop 2, where do you land on? You, you kind of like RoboCop 2, Alan. Yeah, well, um, it, it, it's it's like a, a lot of those sequels of the time. Again, I, as I said earlier, Ghostbusters 2 it kind of rings true with that too, that I loved it at the time. Um, I, it, I I never saw any issues with it growing up when I was a kid. As an adult, looking back, I'm like, oh yeah, well, like he's they just revert back to him being RoboCop straight away, and there's no like the, the character progression in the first film is almost completely forgotten, um, and it's it's looking at it now, it's kind of a meaner spirited film. Uh, there's it's something a bit kind of just meaner about it in general. I don't like the kid villain in it. Uh, the plot makes no sense. The fact that OCP decide that they're going to make the next RoboCop out of a serial killer cult leader villain kind of stuff and it, it focuses a lot on like you said there Rob Nuke and uh, the drugs and Nuke is, is what they call it um, but I had a lot of fun with it growing up I probably saw it growing up more than I saw the original film um, but obviously now as an adult you know I can see that the original film is light years ahead of the of the of the of the of, the, of any of the sequels obviously but as the sequels yeah. go You'll probably disagree with me on this, Rob. I think it's the better of the sequels. Um, and again, I would kind of equate it. It's it's a typical 80s sequel. Rinse and repeat. Like Jaws 2. Like yeah. Ghostbusters 2. It worked. We just did the exact same thing again. Um, and that's what it is. Um, and it would have been nice in retrospect to have seen more character progression. Um, the one thing with those first two films, I don't think they focus enough really on his family. And oh, I think the first one does. Do you think? Yeah, absolutely. It's it's done. Uh, I I think it would be a shame if they did it any other way. I like that we only see the family in these glimpses yeah. and these kind of. And there's a, there's a lot to be said about that because in the reboot in 2014, they focus way too much on the family. Um, yeah. But yeah, overall, I I would happily I I often watch RoboCop the film and then a day or two later stick on RoboCop two, and, and yeah. watch it. So you know, as a as a as a sequel in the in that sense. It, it it does it does a fine job, but um, I, I definitely would have issues with it. Where where are you at, Stuart? Um, again, I loved it as a teen because I was cool and edgy. You know, asterisk, I was neither cool nor edgy. Um, and I, like Alan said, it's the one I saw the most because mm-hmm. I think it was the one that was on telly the most at at the time. And like I say, I had it videotaped off Sky Cinema or whatever it was at the time, Sky Movies. Um, but yeah, it's what the one that the, every time I rewatch it, I like it less and less. And it has got that meanness to it, like you said. It's and it's, yeah, I'd say it's Urban Kirshner, which is a shame because Empire Strikes Back. But 
as we established on an episode of mine not long ago, yeah. Never Say Never Again as well. So I, I definitely <laughs> think this is a lot more Never Say Never Again than Empire Strikes Back, to be honest, Stuart. Yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, it's just, again, Peter Weller's great in it. Lewis isn't used enough. Tom Noonan's great as the villain. Yes. Doing yeah. that Tom Noonan thing um, as Kane. But yeah, it's just the problem you're always going to have with any Robocop follow-up, be it comics, whatever, is that Murphy's arc is from man to machine to finding his humanity mm-hmm. again as a machine. That arc is complete in that first film. That whole final line of what's your name, son, Murphy, that's the end of Murphy's story. Anything after that is just yeah. filler. Okay. <laughs> I, I'm very surprised they got Peter Weller back for the second one, by the way. I'm very surprised. I, I want to... I want to come back to that now in a sec, Stuart. Yeah, keep, keep going. Um, and yeah, I just, like you say, it just undo it. It has a couple of funny moments in it. The thank you for not smoking. Things quite funny. Robocop, like, you know, lecturing kids on swearing and that sort of thing. Um, but it also feels a little bit like they did the, if it was done now, that would be done for the YouTube yeah. clips. Yeah. And I think they were used for little PSAs yeah. in cinemas. And I also don't like the blue. The blue tint. Yeah. No, Robocop not suit. at all. Yeah. yeah. What about you, Rob? So, yeah, I, I didn't see Robocop 2 properly fully the whole way through until I was probably 14 or 15. Well, around the time I bought the first movie on DVD and properly fell in love with it, I subsequently rented the two sequels and watched both of those. And I I don't think I ever really liked this film at all, to be honest. I mean, I definitely think all the ingredients are there. Peter Weller's back. He's great. Tom Noonan as Kane is great. And th- like going back to the first film being harrowing, I Kane is a truly frightening villain mm-hmm. in this, I think. Like, and that the, even that first scene in the news broadcast where they, they cut to footage of Kane and he just goes, People want paradise and they will have it. Like, even at 14, I was like, That's creepy. I, did, I genuinely unsettling to watch. Um, you know, he's good. There, there's, there's good action, there's great stop motion again in this probably some of the best stop motion ever because right after this was when cgi really started to kick in but the robocop 2 design and the uh the stop motion battle at the end it's all good stuff the issue is there's no story there's no script uh there's kind of a little character arc at the start not unlike never say never again Stuart, which i brought up i think in our discussion that, that there's kind of this weird crowbarred in story at the start where Murphy is trying to make contact with his family and then his wife pushes away but then there's this scene where they they try she tries to get through to him and he says oh no no I'm just a machine this is just made in 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 tribute to your husband you know forget about him or something like that and then they do this OCP deposition where he has to formally admit that he is not Alex Murphy and all this kind of stuff why did they not stretch that over the course of the movie and make that the, a character arc of the movie instead of just stuffing it at the start? It makes mm. no sense. And like they, they, you know, I, I hear what you're saying about using the family too much in the 2014 movie. A couple of people have kind of made the point that the family should have been in RoboCop 2 a lot more and they should that should have been yeah. the thing that makes you care about RoboCop throughout the movie is that he's trying to reconnect with his family, but he can't. And then the tragic moment at the end should have been him saying... You know, I, I I can never be your father. I can never be your husband. Whatever, like. But there's just there's really no there's no me. desire to progress the character in that film. Like that's not the goal of no. the filmmakers. It's just to stick out another, throw out another sequel, make but, money off but it. But this is my this is my problem with like so many things we talk about. It's like there in every single story. I think after 
1975 i think you need to have a character and a reason to care about that character and the character has to go on a journey in the film or else i don't care Mm. and as soon as star wars came out and luke skywalker and all that sort of stuff there's no excuse that's why they don't make james bond movies the way they they used to where it's just james bond getting a mission and he goes out and he does it there has to be a reason to care about a character and there's no reason in robocop 2 to care about murphy as soon as as soon as he says that thing to his wife his his journey as a character is over and the rest of the movie is just stuff happening and i just don't care and it's like i think it's like 10 minutes longer than the first movie mm. but it feels it feels yeah. like it's three hours long it's such a long lumbering boring movie and there's cool stuff in it but i just i'm just so bored every time i watch it and yeah and and the other thing i'd say as well about robocop 2 that kind of bothers me is in the first movie the old man is kind of just like ambiguous clueless yeah ambiguous yeah, yeah like he's kind yeah. of he you, you kind of get the impression that maybe he set ocp up after world war ii and he just had all these noble intentions and he kind of just it, it sort of mutated into this conglomerate corporation type thing and he probably doesn't even know how evil it is yeah but in the second one they sort of just make him hitler yeah and it, literally, like they 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 talk about you know spin doctors and and propaganda and the OCP logo now looks like the Nazi flag like it's really Frank Miller in your face Hitler stuff, and you're kind of going that's just not as interesting I don't think it's like that's not as nuanced or as complex and it's it's less of a kind of critique of corporate America when you're just saying oh well they're just Nazis and they're just trying to you know I I, I like this idea that he's just this kind of clueless fool who let this thing run away from him and you know that the 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 issue of corporate america is not that people are willfully evil it's just that they're greedy and they don't care because at the end at the end of the first film you get the impression that he's genuinely proud of robocop that he's genuinely happy with what he's done that he you know it, it it's part of Verhoeven's whole thing is that like, you know, you're, you're supposed to be going, yeah, Murphy, woohoo, he's won. But then you kind of have this sinking feeling of, well, hang on a second. No, he's still a cyborg. He still had his whole personality ripped away from him by this evil corporation. Yeah. And now he's smiling at the old man at the end of the movie. Like it's, yeah. you know, whereas in the second movie, it's just like, oh no, the old man, he's got to, he's got to pay for his crimes. And all. It's, it's not as much of a, it's, it's more of a clear cut kind of heroes and villains thing that just doesn't, doesn't yeah. really land for me. I, I equate it to Robocop Two copied Robocop's homework, yes. but just yeah. didn't understand it. <laughs> but that's 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 that that's a that's a serious issue of that time of that entire decade. Is yeah. when it came to sequels, it was just copy paste repeat. There's very few sequels from the eighties that were actually improved upon the original. And you can say, look, maybe Predator Two is is a decent attempt. And um, you know, but it's it's there's so many different franchises that just copied it again threw it out there and it's the exact same thing with diminishing returns and robocop 2 and they even they even uh, allude to it in in rogue city in a couple of ways and jokes and stuff it's it's, it's just a cash grab that's all it, that's all it ever was robocop like you said yeah. Stuart, the, the beginning middle and end are all in that film that's all you ever need to see and that's the issue with franchising robocop in any way shape or now, form I, I do, and you both made that point, a lot of people make it, that, you know, Murphy's arc is over at the end of the movie. I, I do think, you know, you're not wrong, is what I'd say, mm-hmm. but I do think they do leave it ambiguous enough in that first film that the, the door is still open to tell more stories. Like, there, there's a scene earlier where, you know, it's right before the final confrontation with Bodiger and his gang, and Lewis is asking him about his family, and he says, I can feel them, but I can't remember them. 
So it's as if to say, like, he doesn't, he, he hasn't, like, fully reclaimed everything he was at the end of the movie. Like, th- there's still a road that he needs to go on where, where he's still, like, he's on a journey to reclaim his humanity. I don't think he's fully become Alex Murphy again at the end of the movie. He's just choosing to go down that road. Yeah, I'm simplifying it a bit with the he's avenged yeah. his death, he's solved the crime of his murder kind of thing. But I think the problem, all right then, there are more stories you could tell them. The problem is, is that they don't do anything interesting. In, yeah, like you say, they set up the thing of him driving past his wife and son's house, that sort of thing, and they set that up like it's going to be they something, don't. and they drop yeah. it. It's the same problem you have with mm. the remake. The remake, his wife chooses to allow him to become RoboCop, yeah. and then there's nothing else yeah. that comes from that. It, it's essentially her decision. In this, in the original RoboCop, he doesn't have a choice. He's property of OCP. He signed the waivers kind of thing whereas in the remake she's pressured into making mm. that choice and then they don't really do anything interesting yeah. no I, I yeah i mean they they fundamentally don't do anything interesting in robocop 2 they, they seem to have interesting ideas for sequels to robocop but then bottle it partway through to just <clears throat> do you think they might the paint themselves into a corner by mechanizing him so extensively like that if if it was a case that he was augmented to a lesser extent that you could have an you know you could have kind of a not a will they, won't they, but, you know, is there a way that this could possibly work in the future? Whereas Robocop is so augmented in, in this film. Like, he's literally, like, in, in the 2014 film, he's a he's a head, a face, a face, a brain, and a set of lungs. That's all the guy is. And in this, he's not a hell of a lot more. He's got well, the hand. Well, this is, a, this is another thing. I, I think one of the great decisions they make in the first film is they keep it ambiguous as to how much of a man and how much of a machine he actually is and how many body parts he has left. We're never, well, like we're told that he loses his arm and that his full body prosthesis, but we don't know, like, does he still have a heart? Is that his actual face? Is it, you know, in, in the second movie, one of the scenes I like is when he, when he's talking to his wife and he says, feel this. And she touches his face and, he says something like, they made this in tribute to him. And like a lot of people think that that's him literally describing what happened. But I see that as him lying to her and that that, that actually is. I don't face. know, man. I, 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 and I, I think there's a lot that's open to interpretation there. That I, always, don't I know. always got the impression that they just kind of molded uh, uh, like that. They just stretched his skin over a mold of his head. The, yeah, yeah, they like, did a I, I, I don't I think if you. Oh, t- no, yeah, they do. Yeah. But but I think he's saying that the skin isn't even real. But I think that oh. is his literal skin. And like, like the no, I always thought it was his his literal skin. Yeah, yeah. no, no, I, I do, uh, I, I do agree. Yeah, skin. that they they put his skin over like a, a robot skull, and like maybe his brains in there, and we we don't like. I I just like that you don't know, and they don't spell it out. Whereas mm. in the twenty fourteen movie, they do spell it out. It's like here's what's left. Yeah, you know, which I think is kind of a mistake. Like, and you know, there's stuff we didn't mention this, but the the original Frank Miller scripts, um, you know, when you get to RoboCop three. There's sexual tension between him and uh, Jill Hennessy's character, Marie Lazarus, and it's implied there's a will they, won't they with them. So, like, maybe he's got a willy. <laughs> Who knows? But uh, I'm pretty sure there was a porno called Robocop. Uh, Robocop. <laughs> oh goodness but... gracious. Um, before we move on to Robocop 3, I do want to ask you both, have you read that terrible comic, the, uh, Frank Miller's Robocop, they did, that was allegedly based on the the, the original script? The Avatar Press one that came out in like 2004, yes. 2003. I have read it. I don't like it. I'm going to say with a couple of notable exceptions, I'm not a massive Frank Miller okay. fan. Which is fair. 
he's done very important work in comics and i fully understand why he's held in such high regard but i generally find him to be kind of a one-trick pony and you know i've already had to hand in my <laughs> for that. But, um, I, I... but like i say I, I understand his importance but i just think he's not all that he's done mm. some great books but there's also nothing fills me with more dread than Frank Miller writing Superman. Yes. Yeah, yeah no, I agree with that. Um, I, I absolutely love Frank Miller, by the way, and, and Dark Knight Returns is my favorite comic ever. So, but but I, I totally understand and respect where you're coming from, and I think the idea of him being a one-trick pony possibly isn't. Did did we mention I mean, that he it, stars in RoboCop too? <laughs> well, a, 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 yeah, yeah, as Frank brief cameo. <laughs> anyway, the, the Avatar Press Robo Frank Miller's RoboCop based on RoboCop two is a total mess and when, when i'm reading it i was kind of like and i read it very recently i was kind of like if this in any way resembles what the script was i can kind of understand why robocop 2 is such a mess and what we're, we're always kind of like you know they should let comic book writers do more in the films and stuff like that when you watch robocop 2 and you read that comic you're kind of like oh yeah maybe that's why they don't because <laughs> screen screenwriting and comic book writing are two very different things well if you want a reason why they shouldn't just watch frank miller's spirit yeah, like it's two very different disciplines. Like, you know, in a comic, you can say, oh, well, and then Robocop walks into a room and it's a room filled with 300 cyborgs and they all have lightsabers. And, you know, you can't do that in a movie because it would cost $300 million. Uh, there's a whole litany of reasons why it's two different disciplines, but it's a total mess of a comic. I, I want to get back to comics based on Frank Miller scripts in a second because I now want to talk about Robocop 3. <laughs> And I think it's important that we let Alan go first for this one because I think there's a difference of opinion here. I fucking hate it. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah there like it is. I, <laughs> I, I know you like it and you appreciate things with it. Um, I was, what year did it come out? 94? 93. 93. I think it was designed to come out in 92. Yeah. It was meant to come out in 91. It came out, or yeah, it was filmed in 91, meant to come out in 92, was yes. finally released in 93. I reckon, because I reckon I saw it around just, 97, 98 ish. I didn't, I definitely didn't see it straight away. I presume it was straight to video, was it? I don't think it got a theatrical release here. No, it did. did it? Oh, maybe here it was straight to video. Yeah, it no, definitely I, got a theatrical release. I don't remember seeing anything for it in theaters and stuff. And I remember renting it and watching it and knowing like straight away that something was just off with it that it just felt different uh obviously peter weller's not back the old man is gone feels very much like a tv movie um like didn't have the budget introduces kind of a kid psychic element into the into the film which i never ever have any time for um they they kill a character early in the film that i hated the fact that they killed that character um and yeah no i just i just found it kind of dull and boring and i kind of i remember at the time um equating it to things like you know production wise things like steel and the, that kind of stuff that kind of came straight to, to video in 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 ireland and i have i have gone back to look at it and say but you know maybe i was harsh and this and that and the other thing on it um yeah and i can see why people would like it um i could see like if i was showing robocop a movie to a younger kid now i would show them robocop 3 um yeah but yeah just like the rocket pack at the end and stuff i just even at the time when i was about 13 thought that was so naff and yeah no it just it, it's never been for me Stuart, uh up until very recently i was 100 mm -hmm. with you alan um i think 
because the last couple of times I've watched it, I've done Robocop 2 and then gone straight into Robocop 3. And I've actually found I like Robocop 3 more. It seems it's aimed at a younger audience, but it seems to get that cynical tone a bit more closely to the first one for me. It feels it's like you've got wonderful moments like Josh from the West Wing being told, talking about the guy who's just jumped out yeah. the window and cowards and like, you know, you put a gun to his head and all that. And then he goes in the room and he gets fired and you just see him <laughs> take the gun out walk out of the office and then a little while later you're yeah, a gunshot yeah. it's just a wonderfully a funny moment. little moment um it's not a good film i think as well because i like fred decker's films monster squad and night of, um, mm-hmm. night of the creeps and if you sort of watch those with that tone in mind it kind of plays nicely i think the big mistake is to watch it as a robocop film watch as a 90s mm-hmm. comic book movie like the phantom or the shadow or something like that and it's actually so much more fun I get 100% get why people don't like it. I think Robert Burke kind of had the poison chalice of following on from Peter Weller. He's not great, and they do a weird thing with his voice. He's not that bad, though. No, he's not terrible. There's a worse one in the Prime Directives. Um, But coming straight off Peter Weller into that, you really notice it. And like I say, they did that weird thing with his voice. And I really like Robert Burke. I've seen him in other things. Black Klansman, he's great in that. He's great in so many other films and TV series that he's popped up in. And there was a great short film where he plays a cop. He's a friends with benefits for Miranda in Sex and the City. And we were, we, me and Sirius were watching Sex and the City a year or two ago. And he was giving Miranda the goods. And I was like, where do I know this guy from? <laughs> and it suddenly hit me. Oh, it's Robocop 3. Anyway, sorry. Go on, Stuart. Did at any point you say, come with me or there will be trouble? <laughs> come with me or there will be trouble. Oh, my goodness. Um, Sorry. There goes your listenership. This is a particularly filthy episode. <laughs> Yeah, I think it's just quite good fun as well. I think once you accept that it is kind of shit, and Fred Decker, to his credit, has said that he had a mm. lot of control over it. There were things he had to do, but he had a lot of control. But also a lot of it is Frank Miller's stuff Yeah, that they used. Much to Frank Miller's protest about it, it like, well, that was your <laughs> idea. Frank okay, Miller. so, right, I, I, I need to, first of all, yes, it is a bad film, okay? I'm, I'm not going to, I'm not, I'm not going to do this big record scratch moment where I, say oh, no you're you're wrong it's a great movie right look it is a bad movie i think people overstate just how bad it is i think that there's like yeah. as you said Stuart, that there is plenty of fun to be had i think it's actually probably a better movie than than some of the, your 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 the phantoms or yeah just using that as a sort of example no and absolutely right like yeah and i i would say robocop 3 is better than the shadow and i really really like the shadow um you know it, it's of that ilk you're absolutely right um and it is very much a superhero movie for kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's no doubt about that. I think it tells a story. It it has an emotional character arc in the film. Not necessarily Robocop himself, but like other characters around him. Um, and it makes you care about those other characters, even if it's a bit clumsy and a bit kind of heavy-handed at times. It has a great score again from Basil Polidorus, who's back replacing uh, Leonard Roseman, who just... I, I, an unspeakably yeah. terrible score in Robocop 2. It's so, it's awful, so yeah. bad the score is, in Robocop yeah. 2. And like, to, to think, I read recently, Leonard Roseman shit-talked the score from the first film and said, my score is way better because there's drama in my score. Like, what? Yeah, no, like, that's, Leonard, that's Leonard Roseman, by the way, he's an Academy Award-winning composer. And I did not know that you could be an Academy Award-winning composer and not have ears because that's the only <laughs> explanation I have. It's a dreadful score. But anyway, Basil Polidorus comes back in Robocop 3 and there's some lovely, lovely themes. And that first scene, right, 
where the the rehabs they're called they're basically again frank miller's letting his kind of nazi imagery run away with them they're these guys that ocp have hired to come in and literally take people out of their homes and there's a scene at the very start where the little girl who unfortunately becomes a main character in the film she's like taken away from her parents and you just see her screaming mom mom dad mom like that's genuinely a powerful scene i think and then you have bertha the um I forget the actress's name. And she's like, no, stay, fight for your homes. Like in today's... CCH Pounder, is it? It is. Yeah, sorry, you're absolutely right. CCH Pounder. In today's climate, that kind of hits pretty hard for me, I think. There's so much going on about homelessness and, you know, countries being invaded. I I think that there's a little bit of something going on in this movie. And and I think it's, it's a little bit clumsy at times. I don't think Fred Decker's direction is great. But I think there's enough going on in it that I think it's interesting. And I think people are a bit... In the same way people are too harsh on Superman 4 because of, you know, budgets and things like that. Well, I think it suffers that same problem that Superman 4 does in that it was rushed because they wanted it out before Orion yes. went bankrupt because they wanted a quick cash grab thing. He was hamstrung by budget. He was hamstrung by it needs to be this, this, and this. They basically mm. Batman forever did, didn't they? After a Batman Returns. And, and also, I, I think there's cool yeah. robocop moments in it as well i i totally agree robert john burke i i think his best scenes are when he's not in robocop mode and he has the he has the helmet taken off when, when he's in robocop mode he has this really weird grimace like he's trying to do judge dread and he just looks ridiculous and when you see his teeth his kind of feels like i'm being mean now but like his his teeth look really weird yeah. and like you called for backup like his voice just isn't right when he's doing those kind of lines like but there's the, the, there's that scene near the start where the, the the guys have stolen the the tech from the OCP warehouse or whatever, and they're they're trying to escape. And there's a car following them, and 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 the Basil Polidorus music just kind of simmers. And we cut to a shot of like Robocop's visor, and it, it it's a cool scene. And then he finally emerges. He like shoots his way out of the the top of the car, and it's a bit ridiculous. But like I don't know. And then you know later on when when Robocop goes in and, and starts shooting up all the the rehabs. Like, everyone talks about how there's no violence in RoboCop 3. Yeah. There actually is quite a bit of violence. There just isn't as much blood, you know? Um, so I don't know. Like, it is a bad movie, but I absolutely prefer watching it over RoboCop 2. Does it does it feel like... You mentioned Superman 4 there. Like, when I, when I watch Superman 4, I don't get the impression that it's the pilot of a series, whereas I always get that impression with RoboCop 3. Like it's it's a it's a released TV series pilot. I I never no I, I it does feel like a movie to me to be honest. I I, I I get what you're saying, and I think part of that comes from Fred Decker is like the, the, maybe the biggest issue I had with it recently was the tone is all off mm. for me. I know you were saying it kind of captures the tone, Stuart. There, there are scenes where it feels reminiscent of the Verhoeven movie, but then there's other scenes that are just really really earnest and cheesy, like when Lewis dies and. Robocop goes officer down like it feels like they're going for a really heavy emotional moment there and it doesn't land at all that's the weirdest friggin of a character because it doesn't really you don't feel that impact other than the fact you're connected to Lewis and she has a great open reveal in that where she lowers the paper and the bubble gum and yeah. all that stuff um when I, I don't think it captured the tone of the first one. I think it was closest no. to it. But th- then you have other scenes like the, the 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 rebels or the revolutionaries or whatever you want to call them. Um, it feels like they were directed wrong. Like the, you have CCH Pounder, you have the guy who played the military school guy in Malcolm in the Middle. I forget the actor's name. And you mm. have 
The guy from there, Office Space. Another, Stephen Root. Yes, the guy from Office Space. And there's that other wonderful actor who played the the soldier at the start of uh, Sam Raimi's Spider-Man. And the, they have these really tense scenes together where they're like, oh, don't you think I know that? And, and all this, and they're kind of arguing with each other. And they're so frantic and they're so kind of like intense. And it starts becoming a little bit over the top how much they're kind of screaming and roaring at each other. It's like these guys would never be able to to organize a proper revolution the way they're acting here, you know? And I think that's down to the direction. It's like people didn't really know what movie they were in. Mm. And it, it just doesn't really work. And then the bit... I, I, I don't want to offend your, your profession here, Alan. But I'm going <laughs> to. The scene where the the Johnson goes <clears throat> in and says that if you don't go along with what OCP are doing, you'll lose your pensions. And all the cops throw their badges on the ground and walk out. I don't think Paul Verhoeven would ever write that scene. And I, I it doesn't feel right to me that that would happen. Like whatever about on guard is she kind of do you on like look at the keystone pipeline look at all these different things that have happened over the years are you honestly telling me that if a wealthy corporation said to the police oh well you have to go along with it, and and they're they're all just going to say no no we respect we respect our communities and our families and and all this too much we're, we're, we're not going to go along with this would that actually happen anywhere in any precinct in the united states because i don't think it would that's a good point to be fair um yeah, I don't know. I don't. I. 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 I don't know. Um, I personally, I personally think history has proven that it wouldn't. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's, anyway, it's, it's, I, it's I don't. I don't want to get into it. But invention. I do quite like that scene. It's the oh, captain, my captain scene, really, isn't it? But. Mm-hmm. But 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 like going back to your thing about the tone, Stuart. Like the tone of the first movie is like no matter how much of a heroic story we tell you, this world is a nightmare and humanity is already lost. Whereas in this movie, it's kind of just this fun superhero movie where it's like, oh well, you know, we're gonna we're gonna beat down the evil corporation and they're not gonna win. It's like, no, that 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 yeah, that's not Robocop, you know. Yeah. Um. Anyway, I I, I think there's a lot of merit to the movie. I I have to say the scene where the police show up to to stop the the splatterpunks and Sar- Sergeant Reed goes, it's time to show how real cops kick ass. <laughs> I always loved that bit as a kid, and the the jetpack bit—it's terrible. It's it awful, looks man. Awful. It's it's awful. It looks, but do you know what? I like it. <laughs> Sorry, lads. Something in me when the music kicks off it's and he the flies swell of the in, music, like, it? yeah, Robocop, get him! And the smart bomb. Oh, it, it, something in me just—it just kicks something off. I'm not gonna lie. The the Japanese ninja—we haven't talked about him at all. Otomo. Yeah, that's it. That, and to be that's done pretty well. I thought like it. Uh, I I I don't have any. I don't have any issue with him. I just it, maybe it's a, a snob in me or something. I don't know. I just I I always think of it as being lesser of a film in total. That I just I never have an inclination no, to be like. Yeah. I'm yeah. never. But I don't get the fun element that I get from watching Superman Four, say as a prime example, because that's a, a you know. It, but by, by, by so many definitions, it's a terrible sequel. But I still get something from watching that film, even though yeah. my nostalgia for it isn't nearly as strong as, um, say, my nostalgia for two and three. But uh, no, I, I had no issue with the with the ninja cyborgs and stuff. It's 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 fine. I just it's it's just not. It's yeah, not I, again, I one hundred percent understand why anybody hates the film or doesn't get any form of enjoyment from it. Um, it like say it is a bad film and i think part of the thing yeah that sort of twitter's killed a little bit 
is people not being able to recognize that a film is bad, but you like it. Mm-hmm. It's yes, exactly. Sort of yeah. Film Twitter has ruined that for everybody to the point where I'm no longer on Twitter. <laughs> you can love Superman 4 and know it's a bad film. You can love Batman and Robin yeah. and know it's a bad film. You can love Robocop 3 and know it's a bad film. You can love Batman Forever and know yeah. that it's a great film. Yeah. You could. Um, Sorry. That didn't land. <laughs> I, I, was, I was just saying, I was, I was just about to say, like, Masters of the Universe is a prime yeah. example. It's a shitty film, yes. but yeah. by God, as we've spoken about before in the previous Bibles B movies, fucking love that movie i i i it's not i wouldn't equate it to something like that though where it's like masters of the universe had low uh you know it, it set its sights low mm-hmm. and it, it arguably probably hit them robocop 3 had very lofty goals yeah and it doesn't really hit them but i admired like superman 4 i admired that it had those lofty goals and it really tried to do something and i think it it in some ways did those things a lot better than robocop 2 did and it, it at least makes you feel something now it, whether or not that works for you i i totally get it like i totally get people preferring the second movie i just find the second movie to be a bit of a slog and there's nothing really there to care about mm. whereas in the in the third movie they really they, they nearly give you too much to care about and uh th- that's kind of why i always seem to default to it and i also think it's a small well it's not a small thing but the the music between the two films it's just easier for me to watch robocop 3 because of the theme tune being back yeah. and Basil Polidorus being back, whereas there's nothing musically like there's nothing in Robocop two for me. I really don't like the theme at all, and I know people kind of like it, but I I, I just really hate that theme tune. Just just be glad he didn't have the money to do the end he wanted to do, where the OCP building would have transformed. Uh, actually, sorry, I I mentioned this earlier on that they also did a comic on Frank Miller's original idea for Robocop three. It's called Robocop Last Stand. And it's also written by Stephen Grant, who wrote the Avatar Press one, Frank Miller's Robocop. But I'm very pleased to say Robocop Last Stand is way, way better than than Frank Miller's Robocop. Hmm. And I definitely recommend it's still not great, but it is much, much better. It's much more readable. And if you like anything about Robocop 3, you should definitely read that comic. It 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 follows a lot of the same story as Robocop 3. It's much closer to the final film than the RoboCop 2 comic was. But there's a lot of ideas that, like you say, Stuart, the transforming building and stuff like that, that that didn't uh, end up in the final film or in this comic. And the jetpack, actually, Alan, is way cooler in the comic than it, than it is in the film. There's a couple of, like, Marie Lazarus's character is way, way more interesting in the comic. And they they really, really kind of build her up in an interesting way. There, there's definitely a bit more of a love story there than there is in the film. And I, I don't want to give too much about it away, but like some of the stuff that were that were brought into Robocop versus Terminator, the mm. comic, is in this Robocop The Last Stand comic. So I, I almost feel like Robocop versus Terminator was Frank Miller being able to use some of those ideas that didn't get used. Um but yeah, definitely recommend that comic. And but before we go on to the next thing, you mentioned Robocop versus Terminator, Alan, the comic. Mm-hmm. Uh, have you read that? Do you like it? Yeah, on my last RoboCop um, kind of fixation last year, um, I, I it was it was yourself you recommended it to me, um, so I downloaded it and yeah, loved it. Really, really good. thought it was really strong, really good. I'm not a huge fan of versus versus anything. Um, yes. In general, I think it's a bit of a, a cheap trick, cheap gag, whatever. Um, but yeah, no, as 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 RoboCop content goes, I I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah, and I'd highly recommend you can get it for 
practically nothing on on comiXology or kindle or whatever it is now and uh yeah i'd highly recommend people if you like robocop to, ch- to check out that, that that book i read it years ago as a teenager um i honestly can't remember much about it to be honest but i have read it it's i i, I think it's genuinely great mm-hmm. i think it's one of frank miller's last great comics frank miller uh writing and walt simonson actually doing the art and the art is great in it the, the art is so good that they used a lot of walt simonson's artwork as key art for the action figures I'm only noticing this now. If you look at the boxes of the action figures for Robocop in the 90s, a lot of them are artwork from that comic. Um, but it, it comes up with this really kind of cool idea that Alex Murphy being the first successful merging of a human brain with a cybernetic mainframe leads to the creation of Skynet. So they marry the two ideas and it, it leads to basically a big war between Robocop and, and Skynet and the Terminators and they they play around with a couple of ideas around digitality and like Murphy becoming one with the sort of machine entity and it's it's a really really cool comic I really really recommend it especially if you like the game which obviously everybody does the the Sega Genesis game I know you're a big fan of that as well Alan aren't you Yeah yeah um and I played like I played RoboCop Arcade back in the day and yeah anything to do with the the like robocop gaming guys and we'll get into into rogue city and stuff but um the the sega mega drive game all that stuff loved it yeah absolutely um so now uh i i I do want to talk about the prime directives mini series a little bit later on but right now we're going to talk about robocop the future of law enforcement everyone's favorite movie robocop the future of law enforcement so uh so yeah Let's go around the table. What do we think of RoboCop, the future of law enforcement? Nobody Stuart. nobody knows what we're talking about. <laughs> it is... Uh, it, it's a TV movie. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> but it was packaged as a straight-to-DVD movie, a straight-to-video movie over here when it came out. We are talking about the pilot TV movie of RoboCop the series. Which was a real thing. Which I remember watching RoboCop the series on ITV. It used to be on around 2 o'clock in the afternoon on a Saturday. Mm, I remember it well. I used to watch it before after Lois and Clark. I watched it after Lois and Clark yeah, that, on, on RT2, on Network 2 on a Saturday night. Yeah, here in England, it was on ITV around 2 o'clock in the afternoon before a repeat of Night Rider or Airwolf, whichever one they were showing that week. So you guys are a little bit older than me, and you both had, I'm assuming... How dare you, sir? How dare you? <laughs> Where did you land on the TV show, when it, Alan, when it, when it first kicked off did you like the tv show or how did you feel about it yeah yeah i did i i did like it it, it came out um i don't have like exact memories but i definitely remember watching it after lois and clark um and just yeah really enjoyed it um at the time i can't remember like chronologically if i had seen two or even one fully at that point i i, I can't okay. quite recall i think i had seen one fully at that point um but yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. I got the figures. I got Robocop. I got Pudface Morgan. I got Captain Cash. Pudface Morgan. Um, I think I had the police car too. I'm almost sure I did. Uh, and I I thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah, I enjoyed I, I enjoyed watching it every week. Um, and then I completely forgot about it for 30 years. Uh, to be honest with you, I, I just it kind of it's not something that stayed with me like, say, Lois and Clark did or other shows did. I completely forgot about it. It was never re-aired here. I never saw it on DVD or Blu-ray. I never heard anybody talking about it. Um, but I did pick up the series about uh, around the time Rogue City came out. Um, I picked up the series for cheap on Amazon Germany. 
and I got it sent over and I watched maybe the first six episodes so far. Um, mm. And yeah, it's it's definitely of its time. It's definitely uh, it's definitely uh, much obviously kid friendlier. There's absolutely zero real violence in it. You know, there's no swearing or anything like that. There's a the kid psychic is back. Um, but uh, yeah, it's uh, I, I do I like it as much now as I did then? Absolutely not. Um, but no, at the time, I, I really did enjoy it. Where do you land on the on the series as a whole, Stuart? Or, or how did you think of it at, at the time? At the time, it was weird because it was, one, I was a child of divorce. So one weekend I'd be with my mum, the other weekend I'd be with my dad. So I didn't see it every weekend. And it was one of those ones that I don't know if it disappeared or if I just don't remember watching all the episodes every other week like I did. I mm. mean, I'm, I've got a massive soft spot for Night Is TV anyway. Um it takes yeah. me to my happy place. Um, and I do like it. I really like, like full disclosure, I did a text interview with Richard Eden about it for Starburst Magazine 2014. Richard Eden played Robocop in, in the series, yeah. Um, and I really like Richard Eden. I've remained in contact with him. Um, he's a wonderfully generous person with sharing stuff. And we had a discussion about the remake after it came out as well. Um and I've just found him really nice and open. And I really do like the series. It is, again, like Robocop 3, I 100% understand why fans hate it. Um, but yeah, I quite like it. I like what it was trying to do. I thought it worked at what it was trying to mm. do. And I thought, and this again, this could be having grown up with 90s TV, I thought it had a nice ending to the series as well. It's, mm. It doesn't wrap everything up, but it's got a nice finality to it to the point where I asked Richard Eden, did you know it was going to be cancelled? And he said, no, they were preparing for a second series because it has that nice final shot of Robocop kind of thing. Because yeah. he said the se- idea for the second series was to take the costume more in line with the remake. Change the costume okay. and do something right. like that because it was just a nightmare to work in. Because again, I think he was using mm. an old modified Piuela costume. Mm. I think you, I think it was literally the RoboCop two uh, costume, yeah. They they just yeah. repainted it and or, or well, it uh, it had been repainted for RoboCop three, and he was just using yeah, that again. But but yeah, I think he's good. I think part of the problem with judging Future of Law Enforcement as a movie is that it's a pilot. So much like the Lois and Clark pilot, yes, it's really really good. <laughs> it, it gives you enough to be a film, but. It also leaves enough dangling that it's going to lead into. Yeah. So you don't get a lot of character development in this. You, you've got the film that came before, but obviously Lewis is now Madigan, but they've changed all the names of the yeah. characters. But like I, I, I'm glad I went on and watched more because I, I wasn't bowled over by the pilot when I when I rewatched it. I thought it was a bit yeah. like acting wise and stuff. I thought Richard Eden was is probably the be- the the next best Robocop after after Peter Weller. I thought a lot of the acting was great. Um, on you know the the the, the Lewis character, I can't remember the the alternate name Madigan. for her. Madigan. Madigan. I thought she was good. I thought yes. everybody was good in it. Uh, I thought it was a bit dull for a pilot, yep. and there's not much RoboCop in it. Like there's a good chunk of the movie where RoboCop is just gone for forty five minutes, um, and I thought that was very strange to try and and kind of attract and lure kids into watching this RoboCop series. It's a lot of talking, a lot of story with the villains and stuff that doesn't feature robocop in any way shape or form and then when there yeah. is action in the pilot at least it's very very minimal 
Um, even even the final third act fight is is very and they they rely, and I can see like it's smart like I and I remember this from watching the show originally they kind of revert to this thing where he throws this kind of hockey puck yeah and it, it it sticks onto stuff and he shoots it and then that explodes and that kind of knocks people over or whatever and it's so uh, funny the way he does <clears> that like I was watching it today I was like he's going they, they go out of their way to do this hockey puck thing where he shoots it and it blows up couldn't he just shoot them in the leg like it, it, like it would be it, it would it would cost it would cost less in property damage you know they wouldn't be irreparably injured they wouldn't die like couldn't we just do that but they they have they absolutely have to go out of their way at every opportunity to show that he doesn't shoot people and nobody's getting killed or injured like and there's even there's another bit where you think he shot a guy but no he's actually shot like a a, a thing behind him or something to make his jacket go on fire so he yeah. takes his jacket off it's 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 actually like it, it 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 reaches the point of parody like unintentional parody the lengths they go to to show that robocop doesn't shoot or it, kill it's you. not too dissimilar from like the 18 i was about to say where <laughs> yeah there's totally. like seven thousand rounds of ammunition shot and people just kind of fall over <laughs> or even the james bond yeah. films where they used to go out of their way to show people who've been caught up in a car chase like getting out of their cars yeah, perfectly fine or like those scenes in batman the animated series where like there'd be an explosion and people will fall out of like a dirigible or something and then they have to cut to a shot of them like landing in the water and then yeah. emerging safely and treading water but they, they definitely didn't die not too dissimilar from the two uh prison guards in uh superman yeah. 4 and kind of climbing yes. back up at the end <laughs> that sound uh, system one thing they did really well coming back to robocop 2 i thought was the family stuff Yes, yeah, 100%. Obviously, they come back to it in the series, but it does have a nice finale to it where he's like, no, they need a wife and a father, and I'm not that. Yes. And that's kind of where Robocop 2 should have gone. 100%. I, so, yeah, so look, I first of all, I want to say I completely agree with what Alan said. I think that uh, I really, really, really like Robocop the series, and I think it's probably, arguably, the best continuation thing in the RoboCop franchise. Now, just clarify, when did you watch it? Did you watch you watched it live at the time as well? I watched it on RT2 on Saturday nights. Okay. I I think we may we might have got it a year late. I'm not sure. I remember it being 95 or 96 when I was watching it and I know it came out in 94 in America. I watched an RT2 on Saturday nights. I was like 6 or 7. I was like exactly the audience they wanted and I absolutely loved it. It was my entrance it, my entryway into the RoboCop franchise. So for me, RoboCop the series is like the source material <laughs> and everything else. Like the, the movie is based on the, like in my head, I, I always forget that the movie isn't based on the TV show and it's the other way around. But I, I loved it as a kid. Um, and I, I appreciate why people, it often gets a bad rap and stuff and people just say, oh, well, it's cheesy and it's cheap and it's this yes, and the other it is. I do think though, I do think if you only watched the pilot, I wouldn't, I wouldn't begrudge you for thinking those things because the pilot is like, it is quite boring in bits and it is a bit of a slog. Yeah. I'll freely admit if I wasn't interviewing Rich Eden, I probably wouldn't have gone beyond the pilot. Yeah, like the Lois and Clark pilot. I always forget it's, it's a 90 minute movie. I always forget that because it just rattles along. It's really well paced, great dialogue. It's a really great Superman adventure. This feels like it's yeah. three hours long. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, there's so many bits and 
Yeah, like the little kid, the little girl. I mean, did they not learn their lesson from the movie? Like, what were they? And she is way worse of an actress than the girl in the movie was. Like, she's just this Canadian actress who cannot act her way out of a paperback. There's no photo on IMDb, so I, I presume she did nothing after this. I, I don't know, she, but I, I don't want to be harsh really on kids bad. either. Yeah, I, I always feel bad criticizing child actors, but she yeah. isn't. But then that was a very 90s thing, wasn't it? That the child actor wasn't necessarily great and And going back to what we were saying about the tone not really landing in in robocop 3 there's a lot of real like kind of maudlin sentimentality in robocop the series where like his there'd be you know there'd be a scene with his family and they play this like really kind of sad like music that that, 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 i call it like the sad murphy family music yeah because it plays in every scene they're in and it's just like it's a bit cringe, it is like know? stop music isn't and it? then <laughs> you, you you mentioned my my favorite kind of thing to bring up around robocop the series Podface morgan Podface morgan. morgan who Pudface is morgan. clearly emil if he hadn't have been splattered he's kind of he's a, he's an amalgamation of emil clarence boddicker and the crazy uh, congressman or, or councilman at the start like, of robocop just you just mentioned it there so i just want to say before i forget it I was blown away by the fact that they actually use footage yeah. of Kurtwood Smith as Clarence yes. Boddicker. And yeah, because I think those guys are the only which... ones that have been in three Robocop properties besides Nancy Allen and how, how do you not get the rights? How do you not get the rights to Robocop's wife's name, but you can use Kurtwood Smith and that scene from the original movie? I just don't understand that. I yeah, and like they sort of say that this follows on from Robocop One. No, it's an alternate yeah. universe because we see scenes from Robocop One, but they're they're redone with these new actors. Yeah, because Madigan does, so the, we see goes Madigan does the Murphy, saying, it's you thing that's in the opening credits. Murphy, it's you, and and we hear that the media break people are different, but they're saying the same lines, and we see all this stuff. But then they cut to the stock footage of Kurtwood Smith. And it's like, why didn't they just redo that with mm. other actors? It's weird. Yeah. But um, no, anyway, look, I, I really like Robocop the series and I really, really like Richard yeah. Eden. I think he is, Alan, you said it there. I think he's yeah. the second best Robocop actor. You, you can just see the tragedy in his face. And like, he has this real kind of pursed lip the whole time. And even his voice is kind of softer than Peter Weller's. Um, I, I, I think he did a really, really interesting job. With it. And he was, I think he was a good bit younger than... Peter Weller and Robert John Burke as well. The the only thing that, and I, I, I thought of this when I was watching, and you might be like, what are you talking about? When I rewatched it, and I remembered thinking of it at the time, was that when his helmet is off, for some mm-hmm. reason, I thought he looked a bit like the chairman, the guy who played the, 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 the old man character in the show. I thought they looked very similar. I'm like, what's that about but uh yeah that's and uh, yeah. like i enjoyed like the the recasting say of those we don't have the old man we have the chairman and we kind of have substitute characters for um you know the guy that the coke the cokehead in 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 the in the original movie who gets killed by by bob morton Carl, yeah. yeah like we have yeah he's, of, he's called chip chaken in this yeah and there are our one superman connection of the night he's played by john rubenstein who played Emmett Vale in the Metallo episode Correct. of Lois and Clark. He's Correct. the guy who created this too. The, do- the doctor and the pilot to Robocop was the Secret Service guy who was doing the Clint Eastwood in the Line of Fire thing in that episode of Lois and Clark. Cliff, whatever his name is. Ah, well caught, very sir. Good. Well caught. There's probably mo- there's probably others in fairness, but uh, what is it? just John- just to just to, to speak to it. What do you think of the plot of the of the of the of the episode? Oh, it's goofy as hell. <laughs> I mean. 
it, it's interesting enough that the the, the the idea is that they're trying to they're trying to make this thing is it called metronet yeah. is it metronet yeah so they, a neuro they, they basically come up with this this neuro brain this ai thing that's going to control the whole city and they need to use a human brain to interface it so it's coming back to the similar ideas of the first film and the second film where they need a human brain to interface with the machine and they can't find the the right one so they end up taking this secretary, Diana, who's a bit of a ripoff of Selena Kyle. Absolutely, I was going to say that. Absolutely, yeah. Um, and and she ends up being the unfortunate candidate, and and then she becomes this kind of like ghost in the machine type thing, and she recurs throughout the whole series where she's basically this this hologram ghost who's able to go into computers and reprogram them. And she's stuff. a bit like Spider Man twenty ninety nine's AI assistant from the comics. Yeah. Um. But and and that's actually similar in the Frank Miller script comic thing for RoboCop three. That kind of happens to Marie Lazarus. Okay, sorry, a bit of a spoiler there, but they kind of do that. So I wonder did that come from Frank Miller? I don't know. Well, this was their original but, um, idea for RoboCop two, wasn't it? The original writers Ed Newmar and I. I think it's kind of there's ideas taken from that. I don't know. Is it literally the script? Though? No, I, I think it's sort of, yeah an amalgamation of ideas then changed for TV. Because yeah. there's an interview, I've seen an interview with them somewhere where they said that that's basically what happened. They took their RoboCop 2 script mm. that was rejected and turned that into the pilot. I, I, I think it, it would be very unfortunate for people to dismiss this straight off the bat. Yeah. Or to- I, I would nearly I would nearly say don't watch the pilot. <laughs> skip to the, like literally skip to the second episode. The second episode is a, a two-parter prime suspect and it's it's a good one. Like it's it's a good episode. It's like RoboCop gets framed, and Madigan slash Lewis has to clear him, and it, loads of really really cool stuff happens in that. There's one. a great episode with um, Murphy's dad as well. Yeah, I I forget the That's name. That's right. But yes, yes, there's, yes. There's two with Murphy's dad that are really good, and there's um there's one with uh, Rowdy Roddy Piper from They Live. Uh, and it's basically that the, there's this there's this character in the media break ads in Robocop the series called Commander Cash. Mm-hmm. And basically the idea for anyone who hasn't seen the show, there are these animated cartoons uh, starring this this superhero uh, that that is basically the OCP mascot. And he's he's just constantly get, trying to get you to buy shit because he's like a strong economy will help beat crime that or habit, something like the that. The other he has in the pilot. Where he takes the destitute family, drops them at the mall, and gives them credit cards. <laughs> gives them credit cards. It's amazing, and it, it like that. That's probably one of my favorite things about RoboCop the series is it probably does the satire. At times, it gets the satire of the first movie really, really right. At times, not always. Like sometimes they really. It's, fall it's so strange that they released a Commander Cash. Action figure. figure, though. I had yeah, the action I... figure back in the day, and it, it it's just so strange. But those those action figures, that line of action figures was actually really, really solid. Yeah, I really need um, to buy him. Yeah, really, really solid. There he is. I'm a, I have Commander Cash here. I, I, I recently, to my great mm-hmm. shame, I was very stressed at work, and uh, sometimes when I'm stressed out, fellas, I, I tend to stress buy on eBay, and I ended up stress buying pretty much every figure from RoboCop the series. (laughs) So I have in in their packet still to this day, Pudface Morgan, uh, Madigan in the packet. I have uh, everyone's favorite character, Stan Parks, who is kind of the Sergeant Reed stand-in. And then I also have... 
Robocop himself and I, I believe this to be the actual best Robocop action figure ever I think it's really good you can take his helmet off and there's a, like a battle damage version of his helmet and you can take his chest piece off and there's a battle damage version of his chest piece and it's just lovely my brother had it when we were kids now I have my own one perfection yeah no they, they were great I still have my original loose Robocop though the accessories are long gone and I have uh, my original Budface Morgan um, which was a great figure and I used I used to cross play him with batman and all sorts of stuff because he was he was a good villain to be fair put put face morgan the 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 action figure was great because he sort of looks like he could he you know he's he's wearing a he's wearing a a fedora Mm -hmm. and he's wearing like a a a tie with spots on it and like a black jacket he looks like he could be the joker's henchman or like bob the goon yeah he fits fits into anything Um, I think Budface Morgan in the show, as much as I love him and as much nostalgia as it gives me to think back to watching the show as a kid, and I definitely loved him as a kid, arguably the most ill-advised idea (laughs) in the whole thing. What were they thinking? It just pushes the kind of goofy cheesiness of it into sort of Batman 66 levels. Mm. And I think there's a definite feeling that they were trying to go for Batman 66 with this show. Just like there was at times in the Flash, and there definitely was throughout a lot of Lois yeah. and Clark. Like you can feel the, the it's like oh, this is the modern version of Batman because there was a lot of social satire in 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 Adam West Batman as well, and they they were kind of taking their lead from that. It's like this how, this is how you do family friendly social satire adventure superhero stuff, um, and sometimes it works, and sometimes it really really doesn't. I mentioned the Rowdy Roddy Piper Commander Cash episode. I think, personally, I think that's a really good episode. But if you Google Rowdy Roddy Piper, Robocop the series, you, you would be forgiven for looking at that and going, holy shit, I'm never watching this. <laughs> because the live-action Commander Cash costume is pretty ridiculous. Oh, it's always got that plastic yellow bit He's got like a plastic, like a plastic uh, wig, and then he's got a mask, and then another mask on top of that mask. And... It just looks really, really silly. Uh, but I think they kind of, it kind of is supposed to look silly. Yeah. Yeah. But that's not going to work for everybody. You know that kind of way? Um, and that's that's a really cool episode because it's basically like the creator of Commander Cash gets ripped off by this OCP executive who's, who, uh, who takes all the money from it. So he becomes Commander Cash in revenge and starts going to all these OCP events where kids have been mind controlled to believe Commander Cash ads. So because he is Commander Cash, he's able to just tell these kids, take what you want, don't pay for anything. <laughs> and these kids are just like shoplifting everything, like in Robocop 2 with the baseball team. Um, I think it's a really, really cool episode. And I kind of feel like, were they doing a little bit of a dig at Stan Lee with that story? Because there's all this, the, the, there's all this like, when you see the origin of Rowdy Roddy Piper in it, it's drawn to look like Jack Kirby artwork. Okay. And I'm like, are they are they saying that this OCP executive is kind of Stan Lee? Because Stan Lee kind of, like, I don't want to say he took the credit for people's ideas, but he often <laughs> didn't correct people yeah. when they said, oh, yeah. Spider-Man, Stan Lee creation. Yeah. You know, never given any credit to Steve Dicko. I don't know. I think that episode's really cool. I just say, if for anybody who wants to watch them, they're, they're readily available on YouTube. You can watch them on YouTube right now and... Really? Oh yeah, I I've watched a few of them on YouTube over the over the over the last while as well. Especially when I came down when I, again when I moved, I don't have my DVD player set up. So when I wanted to watch extra episodes after the pilot, I watched them on on YouTube. But I got yeah. I got a really cheap box set. Um, I think it was like 
11 or 12 quid i got it from amazon germany and it's it's perfect now the box the wording on the box the packaging is in german but it plays perfectly in english and it's it's a really good uh uh, blu-ray box set i i know they're on i think they're still on amazon prime here in ireland and the uk and they're definitely on if anyone has plex um which is kind of another free tv movie service thing with ads i believe it's on plex as well you mm. can watch it with ads yeah it is on plex so it's not hard to find robocop the series unfortunately they've never really done a good restoration of it no. so like the blu-rays don't look no, great the DVDs it, no. don't look great. yeah that's why i'm not upgraded my dvds because they did a pan and scan on them didn't they but they didn't bother yeah. doing the pan no. they just <laughs> and like i think i think that's another kind of presentational thing of like if you're coming from RoboCop 1, which is one of the coolest, best-looking movies ever, where, you know, like, every scene, they lit RoboCop so carefully. They, they lit him as if he was a car, and they were so careful with the lighting. And then you go to RoboCop the series, and he's just lit like any any other character in the scene, yeah. and it just looks really flat and crap. Like, you'd be for, forgiven for saying, no. <laughs> but just just give it a try. I, th- I think there's a lot of... I, and I'm, I'm glad we're all on the same page as this. Like, I, I think there's a lot of good in this series. And I think you don't really need to watch the pilot. You can just yeah. skip and just go, get to the normal episodes. Um, and, and a great thing about skipping the pilot is the pilot doesn't have the, the theme tune opening. So the, the theme tune, for anyone who hasn't heard it, they, they, they use a little bit of the Basil Polidorus theme, but they kind of create their own theme as well, yeah, similar to sort of how... Batman the Animated Series used the Danny Elfman team initially, but then they kind of crafted their own, I would argue. Shirley Walker kind of, yeah, yeah. They sort of do a similar thing here, and you you, you kind of hear the the film version, The Odd Time, but like it has its own more sort of heroic theme as well. And it's really, really gets me pumped to watch a bit of Robocop the series every time I hear that. Like I said, I think I have a softer spot for it because I know the series that came out after when I reviewed it on I'm... um, letterboxd i gave it three stars well that's more based on what came after it's it's arguably as a standalone film a two star but i have yeah. a soft thought for it and there are bits in it that they do really well like, like you say i wouldn't advise people jump in from the pilot unless you're an absolute completist and I have to watch it that way yeah uh, yeah i would start from two or maybe cherry pick a couple of episodes i think oliver harper did a video on it where he told recommended some episodes that are worth checking mm-hmm. out um, yeah, yeah, so I'd recommend doing it that way rather than, and I'd also recommend not going in expecting RoboCop nineteen eighty seven. Yeah, absolutely, no, it, it's not that RoboCop. It's it's not your grown up RoboCop for want of a better term. It's, um, but yeah, it's good and it's a bit like um, Matt Truex's beloved Birds of Prey TV series. Just as it was really getting good, it got cancelled. Yeah, the only thing I would say though is like, what else were they going to be able to do? You know that kind of. Way? But yeah, that is. Was it, it just going to be? That's why it ended nice with me. I mean, again, I'm also one of those weirdos that was quite happy with how Lois and Clark ended, as I've said before. So, but like at least with Lois and Clark, there there was a core, there was a core dynamic there that kept bringing you back, and you wanted to see it develop, which was the the relationship between the two. And at the end of the first season, they'd kind of hinted at it, but it hadn't really gone full swing just yet it wasn't really until they got married in the fourth they're happily married in the fourth season where you're kind of like what else are yeah. they really going to yeah. do here That's what, and like i say robocop the series has a nice final ending that makes you think mm. that they knew they weren't coming back for a second series and yeah so they ended it on that triumphant sort of shot the, the only thing they really could have done that they didn't do in the series was have murphy they, they, they come up with this conceit that murphy can't reveal his 
we'll call it a secret identity. Unlike RoboCop 2, which is kind of retconned in this series, his family don't know that he's Alex Murphy at all. And they, they think Alex Murphy is dead and he doesn't want them knowing. Um, and, and it's an interesting idea. Now, that they, they kind of rely on it a little bit too often. They, they bring the family back a lot in this yeah. show. But uh, like that's something they could have done is like have him reveal his secret. And his father finds out that he's Robocop yeah. in an episode. That That's a really that's good a great scene moment, as I well. Think. It would have become like Law and Order, but with Robocop, wouldn't it? Yeah. So, um, you know, we're running out of time here, but I do want to talk very briefly about Robocop Prime Directives, mm-hmm. which uh, was made by, I, I think, the company that owned the rights to Robocop that were able to make the series. The rights were running out. So they decided, right, well, we'll, we'll make another little mini-series thing for the Sci-Fi Channel or something like that. So they made four 90-minute movies, yeah. I want to say. Yeah. Um, and they, they kind of came out in the early 2000s. And unlike Robocop, the series, they were hyper-violent. The, all, the, all the kind of... I think there was cursing in it. There was definitely a lot of blood and a lot of violence. Um, and mixed results, we'll say. Uh, what are your thoughts on Prime Directive's? Alan, I've never made it past the first one. Oh really? Um, yeah, I, 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 I look. I may, I maybe you're going to turn around and tell me that they they get better or that there's nuance to them or something like that. I just can't take it seriously with the guy playing <laughs> RoboCop, man. You're you're just so fed up with my hot takes. I'm, <laughs> I like I I can't I, I you, can't <laughs> take it seriously once I see the guy in the suit, man. I you have yeah. to believe that you're watching RoboCop. And it, it like Richard Eden pulls it off. It can be done. You don't have to be Peter yes, Weller. You don't need to be. Yeah, but yeah. this guy looks, it looks like bad cosplay and he's four foot two and he looks <laughs> weird in the helmet. And I'm just like, I can't get into it. I can't. Paige Fletcher, if you're listening, we love you. Please come on the podcast. Alan doesn't mean what he's saying. He does. He's a tiny little stocky guy. I have no interest in him coming on the podcast. <laughs> I, I just, I, I struggle with it. I, and I've tried him because I think it's on Amazon Prime. I think I think it is. Yeah, as you, well, can, yeah. you can watch them all on Amazon Prime. I watched like forty minutes of the first one, and I'm just like, oh, I I just can't believe it. I can't get into it, and I abandon it every time. I've gone back to it numerous times. I've I've probably yeah. seen the first forty minutes of the first one more than <laughs> RoboCop the film. I've watched yeah. it so many times, and I just I I'm like, oh no, another time. I'm not in for this. So no, I can't really comment on it too much. I I I I, I just really struggle with it. Stuart is nodding his head like a motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, I've I've seen them twice. I saw them when they went out on the Sci-Fi Channel. Um, Robocop cries for fuck's sake. <laughs> no, no, okay. Here um, we go. Here we and go. Then I rewatched them again because I was doing stuff with a Robocop issue of Starburst. So I watched everything Robocop. So I watched the animated series, both animated series, um, all of that. Interestingly. It's the same police station as the Richard Eden TV series from the outside, and they did approach Richard Eden about oh. doing it, but he wasn't able to do That's it. That's right. Um, so it was going to be a sort of continuation of the TV series. Um, but it's just, it's shit. It's horrible. <laughs> it's easily the worst thing to have Robocop's name on it. Mm, I'd still say the Alpha Commando cartoon is worse. But... The Alpha Commando cartoon okay. is worse, but... There's no expectation with that, I think. So here we go. Once again, Rob with the hot takes. I kind of like Prime Directives. I what? Think they were, it's it's I, a sick I, world I, we live in, Alan. It's a sick, sick world. <laughs> I, 
I'll I'll give you I'll yeah, give yeah, you a lot yeah, of leeway yeah. with stuff, but there's no fucking way I'm going to back you up on this one. <laughs> I can't join you on this train. And there's there's a great YouTube page uh, under the Mayo, I think it's called, and he does a really nice. If you don't want to suffer through all four of them, okay, he does a nice kind of summation of them, and he analyzes them, and he he really does a great job of defending them, probably better than I will. But uh, and and weirdly, he really likes Paige Fletcher as Robocop. That's the only thing where I'm like, come on, man. Yeah. Um. Now, in Paige Fletcher's defense, I think he's a fine actor. He's just wrong for Robocop. Yeah. And there's definitely moments in the thing where he really brings his A game. He just doesn't fit yeah, like, the suit look, or the look or anything. I like Danny DeVito. And the voice is off. I wouldn't yeah. cast him as Robocop. I wouldn't cast him as... Yeah, yeah, no, Although now you say, say it. it. <laughs> now, now, that being said, okay, the, the idea in Prime Directives is it's set kind of 20 years in the future. Um... So RoboCop has been on the beat or whatever for for years and years and years. He's kind of old at this point. He's kind of decrepit and he's like, he's OCP have lost interest in him, but they still have to kind of keep paying for him to to upkeep RoboCop and all this kind of stuff. So he is an underdog in it. Like he's not kind of the all imposing force of nature that he was in, in the first movie or the series. So I think with that in mind, it's kind of like makes sense that you'd have like a shorter kind of stockier looking dude and not this kind of six foot four Peter Weller type guy. Still looks wrong. Don't get me wrong. But I just I with that in mind, it kind of helps me to appreciate it a bit more that I think going back to what we were saying earlier on about Robocop 2 kind of just rehashing the first film and they dial back his his persona and his character and all that kind of stuff. I actually think they characterize RoboCop really well in the Prime Directive thing. He's, you know, he carries the weight of the original film. It feels like the guy that we left the original film, at the end of the movie where he says Murphy, it feels like that guy at the start of the first Prime Directive thing, I think. Um, it is long. That Every episode is 90 minutes. You could tell the story in 45 minutes. I feel like some of the OCP scenes in the Prime Directives miniseries are interminable. They're not, they're not funny. They're not interesting. They're not tense. They're just, they just feel like you're watching a boring sci-fi channel. Uh, you're not selling this to me, Rob. And, yeah, and the media break stuff as well. Like they, they go for big laughs, and a lot of the time they just fall flat in their face. And you're like, if you it's cut out a lot of this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> if you if you cut out a lot of the stuff, it, it would breeze along much nicer. I just think there's there's cool, interesting ideas in it, and look, it's not great, but I don't think it's it's similar to Robocop Three. I don't think it's as bad as people make it out to be. And if you're clamoring for more Robocop content after the first movie, which a lot of people tend to like, that's why we keep talking about these sequels. Is that Robocop One is such a good movie that you kind of desperately want more of it. And everything since is kind of just, well, I I think there's something there, right? That's all I'm going to say. I, I, I'm fighting a losing battle here. I can see <laughs> both of your eyes have just glazed over. I, I would agree with you that it had an interesting idea, and that's partly what's so yeah. frustrating about it. it. I knew it was a sci-fi yeah. thing, so I wasn't expecting much, because there's sometimes those sci-fi things are shit, but they've got quite a nice soundtrack. Fucking Tremors TV yes. series is a sci-fi TV series. And it's glorious, but this is just like they had an idea and then didn't know what to do with it because it's, it's like his like son those... works for OCP as well, and there's that whole yeah. element of it. I like all that stuff. His son works for but OCP. They just don't do anything scene. interesting with it. It just feels like they're and padding out a six-hour runtime really... that needed to be three. <laughs> 
there's a, there's a really cool thing going back to the first film where it's like you know I I can feel them but I can't remember them. There, there's a scene in Robocop Prime Directives where Murphy's full uncut memories are reinstalled reactivated in his brain, and you see him like suddenly remember everything that happened to him in vivid detail ending with Kurtwood Smith shooting him in the head again. They used that footage again. Wow. And it was this weird, weird thing where it was like, because they had the rights to use the footage in the TV show, they were also able to use the footage in this Prime Directives thing. But it had to be the footage that they had already used in the TV show. So they had to take the scene from the TV show, recolor it and put it... Anyway, I think there's stuff in this. And it's verging on on a par with RoboCop 2 Oh, for me, come on. I'd say. I prefer the characterization of Murphy in Prime Directives to RoboCop 2, 100%. I think they did more interesting stuff with him in this than they did in RoboCop 2. But it is bad, and it is too long, and it is it, it is a struggle to get through all four of them. I, I will absolutely agree with you with that. But I would recommend that you give it a go. That's all I'd say. Psychopath. <laughs> 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 Thoughts on the reboot? I saw it in theaters in 2014, Valentine's Day 2014, with my wife. And I walked out and I was like, well, that was a film. Um, it was fine. Yeah. Uh, they, 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 I, yeah. I could see what they were going for in terms of like they updated the satire with Samuel L. Jackson and he's kind of this Fox News pundit guy and all that kind of stuff. And that was interesting. Um, they cast the most bland Alex Murphy imaginable the actor just didn't bring anything to the role in any way shape or form no he plays alex murphy exactly the same as he plays robocop there's no there's difference. no difference and nothing against joel kinman i've seen him in other things where he's been good he's good in the is it the killing he did the american version of yeah he's yeah, good in that yeah. the episodes of that i've seen and he's pretty good in the suicide squad he- I think he's yeah. great in the Suicide Squad. But he's blandy, but fucking bland is, in this. This character dull. has no arc. He goes on no journey. He's dull as dishwater in it. He's his line delivery is off. He's just it's just poor acting, poor directing. I don't know what the hell was going on. And then just like some changes that they like the the death of Alex Murphy in the eighty seven movie is so unbelievably powerful, so good. And then it's a stupid yeah. car bomb thing in this one, and it doesn't work yeah. at all. And that that feels like a TV movie. Yeah. That bit for me, that feels like something from a shitty absolutely. Robocop and and like, they could have done a lot with like the, you know they start off with you know Ed two hundred nines and kind of drones being used in like Afghanistan and stuff. And the whole, those designs are horrible. Horrible Ed two hundred nines. But the, the whole debate is look, you're happy to use these in you know Afghanistan or wherever you are, Iraq or wherever it's set. But you're you know you're not willing to use them on U.S. soil. This kind of stuff. Like that's all interesting, and then like the GDPR aspects of it, that like is where interesting, yeah. his 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 first the, the big difference between this RoboCop and previous RoboCop is that when they release him first, he's drugged up. He's kind of he's he, they've they've infused him with sedatives or whatever they use to kind of bring him down to so that he's he's just at the level they need him to be. And then he's scanning crowds and he's seeing like, oh, there's a murder in the crowd. And he's, but they don't really go anywhere with that. The fact that he's invading people's privacy mm. and he can just do what he wants. And ah, and then the suit, it, it doesn't feel, it feels like the actor is just wearing a rubber suit with his face exposed. It doesn't feel mechanical. It doesn't feel, no, it's just, it's just a really, it's, it's a, it's prime definition of just a bad remake. Don't remake yeah, bad, is, or yeah. good yeah. films, remake bad films. And make them well, better. Again, like I said earlier, yeah, they seem to have an idea because originally it was going to be Darren Aronofsky, mm-hmm. wasn't it? But then MGM went bankrupt mm-hmm. and that all fell apart. Um, 
like I say, they seemed to have an idea with how they were going to approach it, but then they just did nothing interesting no. with it. And like I say, the designs are all flat. You've got the Iron Man Ultron-y type robots. And then they take this glorious design and make it so shit. They try and make it look like... A, 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 and Michael Keaton's in the movie, but they try and make it look like a Michael Keaton Batman suit. Like I've never wanted to go back to it. I've never been like, oh, you know what I'll watch? I'll watch the 2014... Uh, Robocop. Yeah. I watched it in the cinema yeah. and then I watched it again last night. That's the first time in 10 years I'd seen it. And it's just like, yeah, meh. Yeah. It is the very definition don't, don't, of meh. <laughs> don't worry, guys. I'm not going to come along and say, yeah, guess what? I love the 2014 Robocop. Yeah, here we go. Here we go. <laughs> no, uh, no, I, I agree with everything you said there. I, I think there are interesting ideas in it. And in fact, probably the biggest problem with it is that they just it should have been its own original thing it shouldn't have been called yeah, call robocop it anything but robocop because because if they had done that then it nearly would have been an interesting kind of spiritual remake as opposed to a literal one and i think part of the problem for me and it was a problem as soon as they announced it i was like you don't need to reboot robocop you just tell another story now, I, I was going to ask that or... question i i'm almost sure maybe you guys can confirm it for me that there was talk a few years ago that they were going to make a sequel to the 87 movie there was, yeah and that yeah what I thought Robocop returns. With, Neil what I thought was a really interesting take was that it was going to be it was going to be, say, twenty, thirty, forty years in the future, but in, in, in that eighties future. Do you know what I mean? Like and it was going to almost yeah. look like it, it's it's still recorded on, on on film on tape or whatever. Like that sounded so much more interesting to me than than what this turned out to be. What did, did anything ever happen with that or I'm not sure. I, Peter Weller said recently that it just never materialized or something. Yeah, I think it got I, caught up in, again, MGM's troubles. Robocop, a bit like yeah. Bond, seems to get tangled up in yeah. legal issues. Um, so I think it's going to be just, like just, Peter Jackson's Freddy Krueger Nightmare on Elm Street sequel that never got made. It's going to be one of those great unmade mm, films. Because yeah. that's the way you do it. Because like Peter Jackson wanted to do with Freddy Krueger, it was an older Freddy Krueger who was weak. And kids were going into making themselves go into dreams just so they could beat the crap out of him. Yeah, and it's like him. He then accidentally kills one of them, and that's what gives him his powers back. I was just going to say it's funny you bring up the Freddy Krueger movie because the reboot of RoboCop is not too dissimilar from the bland remake reboot yeah. of of the Freddy Krueger movie in twenty ten. Spoke to Jackie O'Haley. I, <laughs> yeah. I think that there was there was an era there where everybody learned the wrong lessons from Batman Begins and Casino Royale, yeah. where they kind of thought, oh, people just want origins and they want to see things again. When it was actually, well, no, people want really, really good films with these familiar yeah. IPs, and it just doing them again doesn't doesn't make them good. Whereas Batman Begins was an incredible film. And we're going to see it again film. with the Barbie movie. That's why we're going to see the wrong lessons learned, and we're going to see Monopoly yeah. the movie, yeah. and we're going to see they're they're yeah. making Polly Pocket yeah. already. Yeah, um, I think there i i don't like the 2014 movie and alan you put it perfectly i'm never going to just be like oh do you know what i'll stick on the 2014 road that, that's never going to happen i will say the one time i watched it i thought there was interesting stuff in it i really liked michael keaton as kind of a more modern sort of steve yeah. jobs type old man i thought that was a really cool way to change it up and just this kind of slick talking smart casual kind of uh guy who thinks he's a genius but just comes up with really shitty ideas like you know early on in the movie we see robocop in an armor that looks a lot more like the 1987 movie and you think oh wow pretty cool and then michael keaton has this terrible idea to change it and make it black 
and just yeah. look really generic. And I, I, I actually almost think that's kind of a cool, funny satire idea, even though I hate the black armor that he ends up wearing for the rest of the movie. But like, it is kind of a shitty, you know, movie executive idea. It's like, oh no, he needs to look more yeah. like Batman. Um, I, I think there's interesting ideas in it. I think all the stuff you said about the drones and all that, I, I think that's cool. But I, I think also the satire isn't as as gripping as it was in the in the original and i I think a lot of the ideas they go for are kind of like well yeah obviously it's like they don't really make any brave statements with anything they do in the film it's very it's very safe and uh, i almost feel like it's a shame they rebooted robocop before trump because the world is so topsy-turvy now that a robocop reboot makes more sense to make now as opposed to the middle of obama when you know, the, the most controversial thing was just drones, mm. I guess. It's like there's way more stuff you could do now. And we'll, we'll get it. We'll get into that in a That's second. That's why the original I, Robocop I, plays so well now still. The satire is spot yeah. on again. Yeah, Great no, point. absolutely. I, but uh, yeah, I, I don't I don't think there's much of anything going on in that film. I think there's a couple of interesting ideas, but it was always going to be ill-advised and ill-fated. And I, I just wish instead of saying, well, we need to tell the origin again, they just brought back peter weller and told a new story like they absolutely could have and yeah. should have just yeah. done that and i think they finally learned that lesson but it was too late so it but, rips um, off a lot of stuff from other movies that has been done better in other movies ironically it rips off more from other movies than it does the original robocop and and i think and it definitely does and it, like there's there's bits of iron man in there ironically enough i think one of the things i've come to find out with robocop is it's not really an action franchise and you don't need action set pieces in a robocop movie and i think all the sequels two three and the reboot all didn't misunderstood that that like actually one of the wisest things they did in the first movie was they went well maybe we don't need another big out of 209 battle and maybe we don't need an an evil robocop and we don't need a a big batmobile type car we can just have him in a normal car whereas like all the sequels and the reboot are like no he needs to be a badass and he needs to be you know running through fire and he needs to be doing backflips it's like you don't need any of that stuff um but yeah, look, it's it's getting late. Let's talk about the game. <laughs> <laughs> so, Stuart, you're not a gamer. You've not I, played Robocop. I'm not a gamer. Right? I, well, I'm a casual gamer, but I don't have a thing to play the new Robocop game on anyway. And I'm just going to sit back and listen to this bit. So uh, so just to give a bit of background, by the way, the, the, the company that made this, Taeon, they also made a game called Terminator Resistance, which came out a couple of years ago. And it was it was on nobody's radar. And it didn't get great great reviews when it came out. It was kind of a what we call a double A game, which is sort of a lower budget game, but still has a lot of bells and whistles to it. And um, it didn't get great reviews, but it was kind of like reassessed by fans later on. A lot of people went, geez, there's actually a lot of cool stuff in this Terminator game. And they really capture the feel of the, the, the future scenes in Terminator 1 in a way that no other game or movie has done. And a lot of people kind of reassessed and reevaluated that game and it became a fan favorite and it got really, really high reviews on Steam. And I eventually played it. I absolutely loved that. And I think it's probably the only Terminator 3 film of which there are many that I actually really, really like. And I heartily recommend it. So when I heard that these guys were making a Robocop game, I went, oh shit, yes. And I remember, Alan, you were very, very excited as well. I was like, Set your expectations because this is a lower budget studio. They're not. It's not going to be Spider Man. It's not going to be this huge blockbuster. It's going to be 
you know, it, it, it's going to come in a little bit lower than that. Um, and I was glad I did set my expectations. But Alan, you tell me, what, what did you think of the game? I I pre-ordered it. I really, 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 really liked it. Um, I didn't absolutely fall in love with it the way you did, but I really, really liked it. I had so much fun playing it. It is a love letter to Robocop. Um, you can tell by the detail and the Easter eggs and the thought and the effort that was put into the development of the game that it was made by fans of the original film. Um, and it is to Robocop what the 2009 Ghostbusters video game was to Ghostbusters. It, it's it's the next yeah. sequel. Um, it's as worthy a sequel as anything that has come after the original film. Uh, Peter Weller is back he's doing the voices I was you were dead right to tell me to set my expectations because when I played it it's it's like a lot of the games I've played over the last while and I don't game nearly as often as I used to I, but like you know the Red Dead Redemption 2s and the, the GTAs and the Last of Us games and all that kind of stuff are so top tier that it's very easy to get used to that and then to go back to a kind of a double A yeah. game and it, it really did feel like playing a PlayStation 3 game um, in a lot of yes, places, the yeah, Robocop himself looks amazing. Um, Lewis looks amazing, you know. But when you're when you're playing it, the the say small things, and again, this is real first order problems. But like NPCs interacting with each other is, is not amazing. It's not going to blow you away. It's, again, no. it's kind of like what you would get kind of 12, 15 years ago. Um, but it's just being. If your goal is to play a game that makes you feel like you are Robocop, then they fucking smash yeah. it. Because that is exactly what Absolutely. what they do. When you're there's a there's a there's a, a level at the very beginning where and there's no spoilers because it's in the trailers and everything, where a news station is is kind of taken over by these punks and Robocop arrives and he has to he has to take out the trash and he goes in and you're shooting these guys, and next thing the team swells up as you're going through. Oh. And I was like, and and I was wondering how they were going to do it because it's not the 2014 version, it's the 1987 version and he moves slow. Like he's a slow, you know, he's a big yeah. hulking guy and they play into that in a, a, a really great way. Like, you know, you're, you're blowing guys away, the music yeah. is swelling, um, you feel like you're a tank, you know, you feel, and then it, like yeah. the episode, you know, like the, 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 it progressively gets that little bit harder depending on your, your, your difficulty the first time. I remember messaging you the first time I, I fought the Ed 209. It took me hours to figure out how to kill that guy. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's 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 a hell of a lot of fun. It is. And when I when I get set up here in, in the room with the TV and stuff again, it'll be the first game I go back and play because I had so much fun on the, on the first yeah. run through and I highly, highly recommend it. I, I, yeah, no, I agree with everything you said there. And I, I just absolutely loved it. And I, I think I, I did set my expectations I kept them in check, but I was pleasantly surprised that there was a lot of stuff in it that surpassed yeah. my expectations. I think when you're walking around old Detroit, I think that just looks absolutely incredible. Like, and it's it's not free roaming. It's like it is sand. It no. is it is it is cut off. There's like there's limits, but they they put a hell of a lot of effort into where you can go. The, yeah, the, the, there's there's several environments that you revisit a lot in the game. So there's the the police headquarters, which looks one-to-one yeah. identical to the yeah. way it does in the movie it's it, it's surreal walking around of that and then there, there's an old detroit map which i just think is so like the, the atmosphere walking around that the, those buildings and the, the alleyways and the, the just the grime and there's homeless people everywhere there's people stumbling around drunk 
there's you know it, it just looks old yeah. and beaten down and decrepit and it feels like i can i, I will honestly i will say it actually feels like walking around tim burton's gotham city in 19 in the 1989 batman is what it reminded me of and it almost funnily enough it feels like you're walking around a movie set and it's so so well done and i, I heard someone say that apparently you know it uses the unreal engine 5 which is kind of this fancy graphics engine thing but because a lot of the games that are using that are kind of these big flashy kind of spider-man-y type games that are going for these big epic moments and stuff like that they're actually pushing the engine to its limits and it's not able to show what the engine is really capable of but because robocop is such a basic game ironically enough it's it it those kind of city environments look so beautiful because it isn't pushing the engine too hard you know that kind of way um so yeah like i agree some of the characters don't look great some of the 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 kind of there's uh, glitching there's glitching when i was playing it there was glitching glitching. some of that's been patched already Yeah. yeah but there's a lot of stuff like that but I think the environments look amazing. Um, the, the, as you said, that the feel of playing as Robocop, I think what I was, and a lot of people were worried about was, you know, in the movies, he's basically invincible. He's Superman, like bullets bounce off him and stuff like that. And what I really liked about this game is you feel incredibly powerful, but it is mm-hmm. still a challenge. Like you need to, you can't just, you know, you, you gradually do lose health and you can regain health and you can use, uh, not health packs, but kind of, uh, OCP energy packs or something they're called and you know you have to be clever and you have to be skillful and you will strafe around um, the sides of walls and stuff like that so you don't get hit and like there there is a you feel incredibly powerful but it's still challenging which I was very grateful for and there is a progression system in terms of um, you, you upgrade abilities and stuff like that but I think the thing that I really made me fall in love with the game is there's dialogue options in it and you have to choose how you want to play so you can choose to be the machine robocop and just treat everything like with total no kind of clinical you know ocp machine or you can choose to be alex murphy and and treat things more kind of humanly and stuff and i just found that so charming um and and you know the first time i played through I was always choosing those alex murphy options that that that, that made me feel more like the guy from the end of the movie and I just thought that it was such a cool way to play the game, to make it feel like you were choosing to be uh, the, the kind of Robocop you want to be, you know? Now, that being said, I'm playing it through the second time now, and I'm choosing the other extreme. I'm trying to be, you know, the, the, the cold-hearted machine. And I find that the game isn't really designed to play that way as much. Okay. Um, and there isn't really very many interesting outcomes when you choose to play that way. I th- I feel like the game really wants you to to take the human road a lot of the time. Um, and I think that's probably one of the limitations of the budget is that they weren't able to sort of map out the other. Whereas if you play a game like Knights of the Old Republic, you can choose to play the light side, which is how I played the first time, or you can choose to play the dark side. And when you play the dark side, there, there are serious ramifications for the game and the story and abilities you unlock and everything like that. No. There's nothing like that in this. This is, this is way I more found it, there, there is a kind of a, a backstory where the decisions you make, there's two guys running for mayor, an OCP stooge, and the guy from yeah. Robocop 2, and you have to kind of... And he's, he's great he's in it. He's great in this, by the way. The, guy, the, the mayor from Robocop 2 comes back in this, and there's loads of stuff from Robocop 2 specifically. And like, Nuke is, is, is in the game throughout. Loads of stuff like that that I, I kind of... I I think are fine in RoboCop two the movie, yeah. but I love them. And in this game. they're kind of they're looking they're both looking for your endorsement. And I played it, and it was you who pointed it out to me. I played it in a way that 
And it was like, well, Robocop isn't political. He's not going to endorse anybody. He's going to you yeah. know, go down the middle and let whatever happens, happens. And by doing that, the asshole OCP guy won the election. Yeah. And I was like, and you said it to me then. You're like, is that a commentary on, you know, if you're apathetic and you don't care about the politics, you know, the Trump of the situation wins? So I thought that, I thought that was a good take. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I thought that was great. And like, you know, I, I often give out about these sort of reboots and reunion things when, when they just yeah. sort of play the hits. And this, the story of this plays the hits. Like there's a lot of stuff in it. Like there's a lot of Murphy remembering yeah. his family. That you know that there's a lot of kind of shenanigans with the old man done, kind of similar to the Arkham games where he has these flashes out of nowhere. Yes, like in Arkham Knight when, yeah. he's, when he's affected by the scarecrow. And the, they're they're done well. Like there's this, there's this bit where you're walking through a corridor <clears throat> and you keep trying to open a door, but you end up in yes. the same room again. And it's it's real. It's really surreal and trippy, and they do it well. And it is very much like, especially Arkham Knight that did a lot of that stuff. Um, but it's it's done well, but it is essentially the same stuff again, like in that sense. And two things I wanted to say: I thought the main villain, the new guy, was quite weak, um, as opposed to Clarice Boddicker. He's very vanilla, very just. Here's the bad guy, and he wants to do the same thing. And he's clearly supposed to look like Hans Gruber as well, which I actually thought was kind of fun. <laughs> Absolutely. And the voice acting overall is pretty good. It feels I I I thought it felt like Peter Weller was is literally just reading cue cards or reading a script and there's no kind of he, I, I got the impression that he didn't know what the circumstances of what he was reading mm. is he he just he reads a lot of it very flat which you know and it's robocop it works out like that but the voice actor who played the old man is just bananas shocking crazy it's the Don't worst voice acting for. i've ever heard in my life <laughs> you, you can feel like because I always notice in Robocop 1, you can hear Daniel O'Hurley trying to do some kind of like, I've had this dream for about 40 years. And there's a couple of lines like that where he, he almost sounds like he's trying to sound like he's from the from the South. Yeah. Um, And you can hear this guy trying to do that too. Yeah. And it doesn't work. And then you can also hear him trying to do Daniel O'Hurley's Irish accent, which obviously just ends in tears because Americans can't do Irish accents. But it's it's pretty bad. <laughs> have we convinced you to uh, purchase it, Stuart? I'd have to purchase a PS5 as well, which I'll wait till like my eldest kid gets one, and then I'll just buy it. And, <laughs> and I, I would say, Stuart, I've heard you say in the past that you don't like playing games because uh, you just get too frustrated with the difficulty of them. You can play this on like an ultra easy mode. Oh, I think I'm in. I'm in. And and you, yeah, and you can just saunter through it. And the same is true of the Spider-Man games, by the way. You, you, there's there's like a friendly neighborhood difficulty in them. And you basically can't die when you play that way. I, so. I would be shocked, Stuart, if, if you played this and did not thoroughly, thoroughly enjoy it. I think it's on sale on PSN at the moment. I think I saw that there's 30 or 40% off it at the minute. Um, well worth checking out. And it's, it's, on, it's on sale on Steam as well. And also, they have just announced... A lot of people were complaining that there was no New Game Plus. So for anyone who doesn't know what New Game Plus is, when you play one of these games and you're unlocking new abilities and all that stuff for the whole game... And then you finish the game and you've unlocked all your abilities and you want to play the game again and you go back to the start and you don't have your new abilities. New Game Plus is is a feature on a lot of games now where you can play the game again and keep all the stuff you unlocked. And everybody True. was complaining that this didn't feature in Robocop and now they've announced that they're going to they're going to add it into the game. You can be able to download it for free. So that's really, really exciting. Do you exciting. think we'll get any DLC content? Probably not. Will I it? think we will. There was, a, there, there was a lot for Terminator. I think there was two... 
I, I want to say there was one or two uh, additional DLC, like three-hour campaign things that they released for the Terminator game, as well as the ability to play as the Terminator. Uh, that that came out as DLC as well. So I think, I yeah, I think there will be DLC for this. Cool. And I, I think this was more of a success than the Terminator game as well. So I would hope that, um, that they do, yeah. I, I thought it was really, really good. And I think what I'm clamoring for now is this company seems to have the rights for both Terminator and Robocop. Robocop versus Terminator. Robocop versus Terminator, baby. I'll play it. It'd be great. That'd be kick-ass. And imagine if they got the, the big books and they, they enticed Arnie back. What I love about... I'm not a huge Terminator guy. I really love the first one. I, I, I like the second. Same. T2 is obviously a great sequel, but I love the feel and atmosphere of the first movie. But those opening scenes of the future war in Terminator are amazing. And uh, yeah, I'd love to... yeah. I, th- I think that could be cool you could play as like Robocop you could play as a Terminator and then maybe play as like a, a human revolutionary as well so there'd be different gameplay styles I think it'd be really really cool to build to that now I don't know if they will but I think that'd be nice and a great way to kind of keep Arnold Schwarzenegger involved without him having to get in shape again <laughs> um so yeah, so 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 that's the game I heartily recommend yeah. playing it before we go and we are going to go very shortly any thoughts on where the RoboCop franchise should go? Because I think Amazon have it now because they got MGM. So they're going to do something with it. So it, it's a bygone conclusion that something will happen. What do you think it should be? Stuart? Uh, and you can't say nothing. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, obviously the dream would be just leave obviously. it as it is, maybe go back, do a polish on <laughs> the original. But um, I think... the. Honestly, the only way you could potentially do it is remake it as a miniseries. As much as I love Robocop, I've always said I would have liked more of him out on the street doing Robocop-y stuff. You get a little snippet of it in the film. I would have quite liked a little bit more of that. If you extend it... Oh, I completely forgot to say, by the way, there's a lot of that in the game. And and in many ways, that stuff, the kind of busy work, detective work type stuff, reminded me more of the TV show than the actual movie and i for that i also really liked the cool. game for that so if if you come away from robocop one going geez i'd love to just spend more time in that little montage where he's driving around doing robocop stuff play robocop rogue city sorry no, go on and unlike the 90s tv series now it'd be prestige tv mm. yeah so you either if you're gonna go the remake route that's the way you do it if not you dust off that robocop bringing back peter weller i agree with that i think um in a world where uh, i'm not a big fan of like de-aging and all that kind of stuff but in a world where it's a guy in a suit and you see his nose to his chin i think it would be very easy to uh de-age in two or three scenes or one or two scenes where he has his helmet off have another dude play him who looks like peter weller in the suit and and voice him with peter weller's voice um and i would i would really like to see what I spoke about earlier on is that 1987, that world 40 years yeah. on, where that is, and an old beat-up, run-down Peter Weller Robocop, and whatever happens, happens. That That's the only thing, film-wise, live-action-wise, that I would have any interest in, 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 in going to. I would have, I wouldn't really have much interest in another reboot. Um, ideally, for me, I'd be happy with it if it was just left where it is. Yeah. I'm kind of at the stage now where, like, in my head canon... As I'm going through all these uh, with the movie and everything, as I'm going through all these movies and DVDs, I'm I where I, I I was always a bit of a completionist, and I liked having like I love term like I, I like the first Terminator, so I want I'll have all the sequels. 
Now I'm kind of happy just to have the first Terminator, maybe the second Terminator, and not have any of those sequels. And it's kind of the same with Robocop. I'm, I'm kind of happy in my head canon that there's Robocop 1987 and then nothing else. You know, so I, I'd be happy for it to be left where it is. But if it was to be revisited, that's how I would like to see it. I'd like to see that 87 version 40 years later. Where is he? What's it like now? His son is 40 years old, 50 years old. His wife is 70 years old. He's pretty much the same. Uh, maybe his, his biologics have aged a little bit. His mechanics, everything is, you know, the software is all changed. It's all digital now. He's analog pretty much. He's out of date and they have to bring him back or he has to kind of rise to meet the challenge, something like that. And that's the only thing I'd have any interest in. Okay, so I I, I think personally for me, I, I think the ship has sailed on, on the Peter Weller mm-hmm. idea. Oh, yeah, I think it has as well. He's 76 now. And I think also... I think it would just be a mistake to make another RoboCop movie because if they made a movie, it would be a $200 million blockbuster and it would have to make a bunch of money and then it wouldn't make that and it would be, a, you know, all this, the usual crap that happens with these blockbusters and it would, again, they, they, they'd fall into the same trap of they do these big action set pieces that RoboCop doesn't need and it just, I, I, I think there's a, a lot of reasons why they shouldn't do another movie. On the other hand, I think a TV show would be great. I genuinely think that's the way to go with this. And I think, I, I while I said earlier on, I, I don't think you should do the origin and all that kind of stuff again. If they were doing a TV show and they were taking their time with it, I'd have no issue with them telling the whole story again and doing it doing it that, that way. Because, you know, th- as I was saying earlier on as well, the time is ripe for that kind of satire. The satire that yeah. was in that original movie. Like, absolutely, there's so much you could do with that around, you know, corporate America, you know, um, social media now wasn't a thing in the 80s. Like, there's so much you can d- take around that. Like, ads, you know, are just insane again. Politics, you know, police brutality, you know, it you know, it is a thing people talk about a lot. There's so many interesting ways you could you could take a RoboCop TV show. And the, 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 the hilarious thing is RoboCop is basically owned by OCP now, yeah. the real OCP, Amazon. You know, and but but in saying that, they make the boys, which is probably the closest thing to the kind of social satire mm-hmm. that is in the original Robocop. And there's a lot of really great satire of corporate America in the boys. And I think if you applied that to a to a Robocop type show, I think you could you could make something really, really special. Yeah, approach that's, it like that's, Reacher, that's... like an eight part series. Don't have an eye on mm. a second series, just Focus on getting know, one it. really good eight-part miniseries. Yeah. Obviously, there's going to be a second series if they're, it's popular. They're, they're going to, but yeah, yeah. don't put that as at the forefront of your thing. Just think about making one really solid eight-part. Yeah, and and don't make it about action. Like, and and that's a gr- another great thing about the boys. Uh, the boys is not an action-heavy series. There are action scenes in it here and there, but like it's it's driven by character. And I think if they made another RoboCop thing, it would need to be driven solely by character with with no kind of like oh here he is riding a motorcycle and there's yeah you know flames coming out of the side (laughs) of a nuke dirigible or something behind him just just have it be character driven driven by social satire there's so much you could do with it i i think there's far more potential in robocop than anything else with terminator i think we've really done everything we can do with that whereas robocop i think there's there's so much you could do there i'd I'd love to see a tv show yeah well said and if they do a TV show, they got to bring back Putface Morgan. <laughs> <laughs> that was probably my biggest disappointment at the game. That was that there's no Putface Morgan in there. Just just throw him in there somewhere and just let me shoot him. 
<laughs> Finally. Maybe the DLC. There's always a future to this life. <laughs> on that cybernetic note, Alan, do you want to give our socials? Sure. It's uh, at All Star Super Fan on Facebook and Instagram, at All Star Super Pod on Twitter or X, whatever we want to call it. And you can send us an email or a voice note to at All Star Super Pod at gmail.com and uh, be in a chance of us reading out your letter or voice note at, uh, on, during the next Metropolis mailbag segment. And don't forget, guys, to leave us. A review wherever you listen, especially Apple reviews really help us out. So uh, we'd really appreciate it. And we have lots more great content to come for 2024. I'd buy that for a dollar. <laughs> He's been waiting to say that all day. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. And the other thing I've been waiting to say is thanks for listening. Stay out of trouble.
Just 